0: Previously on AFTN.
1: Like, well, I don't know why they'd start so late in February. I don't know if it's because they're waiting for all the January European window to close so that maybe they get some more yeah.
2: bargains or something like that. Possibly. I don't know if
1: that's the reason why, but it, uh, it's kind of stupid that it's, they it's have It's just it. a
2: shame now that Steve's going to get fined for, for that yeah. comment. It's Mickey Mouse, man. $10,000 that's cost you, Steve. Hey hey everybody and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. Broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Broken Zipper Pander.
3: (laughs) And I'm Zachary Adam Meisenheimer.
2: Yes, there was a little bit of a mishap just before we came on air.
3: A zipper mishap.
2: Yes. It, it, we didn't need to see it. No. But it happened. It's an early S- Christmas gift. <laughs> yes.
3: Steve was trying to show off his very beautiful, very wonderful, very Whoa, colorful. Wait, no, no, it's,
1: it's, We don't want to make this explicit. You, you know, yeah, don't, you, don't, don't need, don't need to mark through. this.
3: I'm talking about your Marvel t shirt.
2: Oh, okay. oh, okay. I just thought. Let, He's trying let, to
3: show you, Michael, his beautiful. Let Marvel the listeners
2: shirt. at home just picture no. <laughs> what came out when Steve zipper broke.
3: It's a Marvel comic shirt. It's beautiful.
2: Uh, anyway. Talking of things, talking of cock hoop I've been cock hoop this week because the 2020 World's Darts Championship kicked off on Friday, so that's basically me for the, till January 1st really, watching two sessions a day, I can talk about kissing the lipstick, three in a bed, hitting the red spot, and just, it's normal talk at this time of year, well, at least for people of a darting persuasion. You're, you're a big Tungsten fan, Zach?
3: Sir, what now? Tungsten. Who?
2: Is what it? they make the darts from? Yeah. Tungsten.
3: Oh, I yeah. You'll be watching it on DZone? I will most likely not be watching.
2: But this is the AFT and Darting Show, right? Oh, okay.
3: I I mean, if you tell me when something's on that I should watch, maybe okay, I'll well check Gary it Okay,
2: well, Gary Anderson, uh, Monday night, you have to watch that. This Monday night? Yeah, flying, flying Scotsman. Um, He'll probably be on last, so we're maybe looking at 1.30, 2pm in the afternoon.
3: Okay, how about you text Steve and I and let us know? I will, I will. Okay.
2: I'll do that. I'll tweet it out as well. It's going to be a busy Monday.
3: Is he that big dude? No.
2: That doesn't narrow it down, but no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, likewise, if he said, is he the bald dude? I'd be like... <laughs> No, he does, That doesn't narrow it down either. Is he the snake guy? No, that's the other Scottish guy. Darts Peter is snake bite.
3: right? Darts is fun. It is. I uh, we we'll were playing uh,
2: it in our in our Christmas special next week.
3: We were at um, Spithel.
2: Spithel, I don't know what that is.
3: We were at uh, Pacific Away, and we stopped at a pub to watch uh, an MLS game after, and just yeah, lots of fun just playing darts. Soft tip. Yeah, you're speaking a language that I'm not uh, anywhere near fluent in. Oh.
2: Because they play a lot of soft tip over here, which isn't like the metal pointy. Oh cards. no, this is the one. So this these is are metal. proper. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's No, metal.
3: who would play with a soft tip?
2: A lot of people here and a lot of people in Asia, they they play with that, and then when they come to to play in the worlds, they struggle because it's a a different, different dynamic, game. yeah,
3: different weight yeah. or
2: different feel. Anyway, this this isn't sadly the AFT and darting show, but it's been a quiet news week, so. Let's just keep talking about the darts. Did you see the women's world champion today? No, what happened? Oh, she was playing in the in the men's, and oh, it that's went allowed. Down, yeah, went down. Just started last year. It Went down to deciding leg, and she lost. She nearly made history. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's let's get back to some soccer chat because yeah, it has it has been a quiet week. It's been a another week where there has been no additions to the white cap squad. No news is good news, right?
3: Not in this case. Not in this case. Yeah.
2: Oh. Well, we we know that there's going to be a big announcement on Monday. Fantastic when our show is on a Sunday.
3: Um, <laughs> but well, that just means we we have like a whole week to really just figure out how we it, feel about. Oh, we
2: we can speculate about yeah, what I, the I, announcement's going to be about. There's
3: not really much speculation.
2: Oh, it is because we could we could be thrown for a loop. I don't know if you saw. I tweeted out a a video that someone had put up of a deer. Scoring a goal. Oh, yeah. That could be our our new DP signing. Look,
3: like it wouldn't be surprising with the Whitecaps.
2: Well, it would be because I think he he's too dear. <laughs> but it could be that. I, th- I think we do know who might be getting announced on Monday. There's a big clue, a big metal clue outside BC Place right now. Yeah. There's a giant armoured vehicle. Hashtag not a tank. Yeah. For Lucas Cavallini, whose nickname, of course, is the Tank, and I think we'll we'll cover that in, in part two. In oh,
3: a so bit. We're not spew no, but we'll, we'll right keep, now. The, keep the
2: keep their keep their listeners waiting for okay. that. So, not tons to talk about in in White Cat's land, but there has been a, a lot to talk about in the world of North American soccer. So, for these first two parts, it's a chance for us to do another. That was the week that was. Mm-hmm.
0: it's over let it go that was the week that was it started way above par finished way below that was the week that was
2: that was the week that was i was watching a, a tv show during the week where they were talking about how the week started on monday and i thought maybe just put that little sound bite into the show for zach but i thought Let's just keep things flowing. Let's not go down. Well, you, yeah, you. So let's start our week that was <laughs> with Monday. Now the draw was made for the round of sixteen matches in the twenty twenty CONCACAF Champions League. Vancouver Whitecaps sadly missing from that draw, but Canada's representatives, the Montreal Impact, have a tough opener against Costa
3: Rican champs Saprissa. Bamos Saprissa. Let's pop Pap, so. Papi's old club.
2: The four US MLS teams have some interesting ties and some interesting potential quarterfinal matchups as well. MLS Cup winner, Seattle, face Honduran side, Olympia. Another Honduran side, Matagua. Matagua? I never know how to pronounce those. They await Atlanta United. Supporter Shield winners, LAFC. They have the the tie that I think everyone wanted to avoid, which was the only Mexican team that was going to be that they could face which was Club Leon. NYCFC face another Costa Rican side, San Carlos. Now the first legs are February 18th to the 20th. So early in the season, we talked last week that all the teams involved in that are going to get to start preseason training a, a week early. So from January the 11th. Now if Montreal and Seattle both win, possible, they will face each other in the quarterfinals. So that could be a tasty little tie. I might even go down to the, the Seattle leg of that if that happens. might go down anyway just to celebrate with my, my friends in the Seattle <laughs> locker room again. And see if there's any more pizza going and if I can speak to someone else eating a donut. That could be our new section that we do in 2020. It's a new decade. Chocolate digestives are on the way out. Eating jam donuts are on the way in. Of course, I, I jest. Chocolate digestives will never be on the way out. They've been on the go since the late 1800s by McVities. Originally started as an actual digestive tool. It was believed if you ate the digestive biscuit, it would help your digestive better, your digestive system. Funnily enough, if you do eat a whole packet of digestives, kind of bungs you up a little bit. But that's a whole other thing. Back to the CCL. <laughs> I kind of fancy Seattle actually to have a little bit of run. Of course in the you Champions do. They're all your chums. <laughs> yeah, you want to celebrate with them my, my good buddy Garth Lagerwey, uh, he said that they they're going to go for it uh, this year. They're going to go and try and make history and try and be the first MLS club to win it. And to do that, he says if that means they have to play the kids in the opening MLS matches, then so be it. Yeah,
3: because that doesn't. They've proved it. that doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter for them. Uh, yeah. well, uh, have they? Have they done anything to really bolster their side?
2: They've not added Freddie Montero yet If that's what you mean <laughs> Maybe still to come But I I do think they've got A good chance They've got quite a Favourable draw And They're on Yeah they're on the Weaker yeah. side Yeah
3: And You said that It's Olympia They have first right Yes Yeah there's a That's a A, a lion symbol right Remember they They played here Olympia remember mm-hmm. Yeah there's a lot You can Guiltful. A lot of Tifo A lot of Tifo You can do with a lion Tuesday After a poor season
2: that saw them miss out in the playoffs for the first time since 2010, Sporting Kansas City promised that they would be changing the philosophy. And for a team that's not historically been spenders, Mm. they said they were going to splash the cash. They've lived up to that, and they've kind of started in style. They've added Shiva striker Alan Pulido, joining as a DP in a club record transfer fee, which I think anything was pretty much going to be a club record transfer fee for, for KC, Fox Sports Mexico have said it's in the region of $9.5 million. Now, Pulido was the joint top scorer in the 2019 Liga MX, Apertura, with 12 goals in 18 games. And he's already set out his stall. He's saying he wants to win the MLS Cup and the Golden Boot. Maybe setting his aspirations a little bit high. It would be a big, big turnaround for KC if they did that. But... With this and and the caps rumoured 5 to 8 million fee for Cavallini, which we think is probably going to be about 6, but we'll come to that in the next part. It seems that it's a new direction for, for MLS. It's a what? Kind of a, a new direction for MLS clubs. Really? Yeah, clubs that aren't spending money cl- are now starting it's, it's, to spend money. It's a new direction for the middle tier. What do you think of Pulido's addition to KC, first of all?
3: Uh, uh, yeah, uh, you're right. It is a kind of a bit of a bit of at least a bit of a philosophy change for them in terms of uh, investing more in uh, a significant transfer. Fee. I forget, did they get Namath uh, Namath originally free back in the day? Well, they, they've remember. never really spent much. Yeah,
1: money. the majority of their transfers have been free transfers. Uh, they don't if they se- spend anything, it's allocation money they'll spend. Right.
3: So uh, so th- this has got to be exciting for their their fans and their followers. Uh, my one question is this, which I, I didn't have time to fully investigate. I know what your one question is. What happens to Johnny
2: Russell? When does he come to Vancouver?
3: Yeah, no, that's definitely not my question. Oh. Um, my question is this. One of the things that they've been fairly successful at, and I think Johnny Russell is an example of this, is they have Peter Vermees has been very strong at only bringing in players who play in the style they play in. Yeah, so although wondering...
2: he, he has kind of come out and said he's open to being a bit more flexible, I think, with his style. Yeah. Ah, okay. Which would make a lot of sense. I mean, to bring a guy in the, that's got all those goals in Liga MX is hopefully great, and hopefully we're going to see that with the Whitecaps as well. It's always interesting to, to see how people ad- adapt to new leagues and new environments, though, as well. And like Cavallini here the pressure is on Pulido right away to deliver, especially for a team like KC, who missed out on the playoffs for the first time since 2010. So, I mean, there's a lot of pressure there. But if they're spending money, and the White Caps are spending money, and we've seen San Jose spending money as well, it does feel now that clubs are starting to come to a realisation that you've got some big spenders, Atlanta, LAFC, they're splashing the cash. The new teams that's going to come in, Miami and Nashville, and probably the ones down the road as well, they're going to be spending big money. It does start to feel now that this is the only way that these clubs are going to compete is actually making some big, big payments. But you've got the risk then, an injury. If you only spend the cash on one guy, yeah. that guy gets injured, you've derailed everything.
3: Yeah, I've said this multiple times in the past. And the way MLS is set up, you really need to have three players who are making $2 million or more and are worth that amount of money. Otherwise, On a
2: reduced scale, look at Pacific FC.
3: Hayburn, De Jong, they're two
2: big signings. Yeah. They're two big money men injured out for the season. Well, for most of the season. And it kind of derailed them a bit. Yeah. Of course, there is cap relief in
3: MLS, which there isn't
2: in CPL. But, and I mean,
3: Taron Campbell, that made space for him. Yeah, that's true.
2: But it's going to be interesting now to see how other clubs follow and if this is going to be the norm and the expected norm now. It just it just feels that things have changed a, a little bit where the the teams that haven't been spending money are now deciding that they want to.
3: But there are also not like I think this in, uh, investment from KC is significant, but it, it's not crazy. This is not like crazy money. This is not like like I don't know, nine and a half million. I, yeah, it's Quite significant. A lot. It's it's significant. It's
2: more than a lot of teams have actually paid for. Yeah, for players, it's
3: significant, but it's not like crazy. It's not no. like over the well, top. Well,
2: when you look at world football, no, no, no. no. I mean, because even in MLS, the world football.
1: in MLS, I think in it's MLS, it's I think pretty it's pretty
2: high. Mo- the most has been this like sixteen, seventeen, so it's not mm. that far off. I mean, it definitely puts them in the top third, and it moves the Whitecaps into the top third with the Cavallini one as well. We'll have a look at the break. Actually, we'll we'll try and dig out get some of the the biggest transfers.
3: But the, the, yeah. So some players you got to pay for. There's also some players you can get for free. Yeah. Right? And
2: I do like spreading the cash around to have more than just one quality talent. But anyway.
3: Unless it's Johnny Russell.
2: Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd break the bank for him.
3: And your bank's I'd break into a bank for him. <laughs> and your bank's very full because you like to save it.
2: Well, obviously, yeah. Dropped a, a dime the other day. Hit me in the head as I went down to pick it up. <laughs> Wednesday. So talking of... Splashing the cash and making additions. San Jose Earthquakes were another team that paid some money this week. An undisclosed amount in this case. But they paid Villarreal a club record transfer fee to permanently secure Argentine winger Christian Espinoza. Now he led the team last year with 13 assists and scored two goals. So again, another example of a team willing to spend to to add some talent.
3: Now weren't they also rumoured to be in for Polito? That's, there's that's,
2: a couple of teams in for Pulido, just like there's a couple of teams meant to be in for Cavallini, including Sporting KC, City, yeah. interestingly yeah. enough. And, I mean, it's arguable who got the whether they got the better guy in the end. They've paid more to bring a guy, so that will be something to watch as the season goes on. Does Pulido perform better than Cavallini? Which one makes the better adjustment to MLS? And you maybe kind of think Cavallini, I know he's not... Played here, but he is Canadian, so he might be a little bit more used to the environment.
3: Yeah, but the just in this moment, Michael, you have to say Polito has yeah, the p- better people, would, p- better team around. Yeah,
2: Polito for me is the guy. I think will be better, but who knows? And Steve has got these top transfer fees up. First, have a little look at.
1: Uh, you got Pity Martinez. He's he's actually the number one almost uh, barco number bar- two barco number yeah. two they're both about 11 yeah, million both
2: over a million
1: uh, oh, this isn't pounds 11, actually, million, 11 million pounds yeah this uh, website's coming up with and then then the next one is Pozuelo with eight so that's the next highest but that's pounds that's right? pounds, pounds yeah. yes uh, can,
3: you, can you translate this for us Michael? No.
2: just double it if we're looking at US it's currently 1.32 US oh, dollars after 52? the, the general it. election on Thursday
3: oh yeah how is that for you oh, it was great for Scotland Oh, so We'll get to that on yep. Thursday. Sorry. I'm sorry. Jumping ahead. But yeah, I mean,
2: some some big teams. And it's interesting that the teams that are spending the money are the teams that didn't make the playoffs as well. So, this, well, at least in the West. Yeah. Steve's doing some little calculations here. So let's see what 11.88 it's million pounds 16 is. 16 million. US. 16 million.
1: At this time, but who knows what it was back then, right?
2: Yeah. Keeping on Wednesday news, another Western rival for the Caps, the LA Galaxy, added some MLS experience. They signed free agent, Sasha Klestian. He's 34 now. But, 10 seasons in the league under his belt, 40 goals, 102 assists, and 281 appearances. He's adding depth and experience... It's going to be good for some of the younger guys coming through, but I mean, is it a good signing? Are, are his best days behind him? Because last year he struggled—just one goal and three assists for for Orlando. It depends.
1: It depends on how much they're going to use him. That's the thing. Is are they, is if he, is he a prominent player? Then th- that might be an issue. Um or if depth he's, off the bench, yeah, off the bench. Then he, then he's a quality signing. Then
3: the big question is how will he be received by the LA fans after his long time spent with Chivas USA?
2: They're big rivals. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably a lot of folk going... How much time did he spend there? Uh, He was there before he went to Europe. Oh, He did
3: well well enough to go to Belgium, right?
2: That's when Shiva's actually won some games. Not a lot, but they still won some. (laughs) That's when they existed. It's an interesting addition, and it's one of those guys that does add depth, but you've lost a guy like Zlatan, and you're bringing in a question, so obviously they're going to be adding more pieces than that. It all depends, I guess, on what his salary is, but... He hasn't, he's been in, on a downward spiral, it's felt, but maybe if he's in a team with better players, it's going to bring the, the best out for him again, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Now, the Whitecaps will be hoping that one of their midfielders in Bomb Wong will be someone that has a standout 2020 season. He's been playing so much football though since 2018 and he's still, still at it, yeah. he's still not getting the rest that free I want him to get, he's so, down in career
3: just now. I saw him score a free kick this week. Yeah.
2: He's playing in the East Asian Football Championship and he had a great the game what? against East Asian Football Championship. Really? Yeah. I had never a good knew game against Hong Kong in the opening match. He scored and he got an assist in that 2-0 win over Hong Kong. Beautiful goal. It was a curler. Not great from a Whitecaps perspective. We've been told he needs rest. He isn't getting that rest. He's still got a few weeks to get rest. Any concerns of him being burned out again before the, the season starts? Because he's played all 34 games last, last season for the for the Cavs. But
1: according to DeSantos, the sh- season's too short, so this is good for him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, do, how, do we know how much time he had off from the, uh, in the beginning of October until he was training for this tournament? Probably a month. I would think probably a um, month. Uh, Four to six he,
2: weeks. Because he,
1: he wasn't at that postseason training. No, but he did go and play he some games in Korea. Or no, friendlies, but yeah.
2: whatever qualifiers. So or whatever. then he probably had, I'd say, four to six weeks off. Six weeks tops.
3: And then how long, when does this tournament end?
2: That I don't so know. So he might get like another four Thursday. weeks off. Yeah. Thursday. So I mean, he might have another couple of weeks before he comes back here. They might give him a bit of extra time, maybe not getting back right away, but it's not ideal. You want him to be resting a little bit. Now, Korean based journalist Steve Han oh, yeah. Ran an interview that he did with Wong back in September On Wednesday and there was some interesting stuff in there As Inbom talked about His difficulties in this first year in MLS With travel and scheduling And trying to keep his spirits up when the team was losing He said he was happy That he didn't get injured over the course of the year With him playing so much I'm sure we were as well he said he's got no regrets in making the move to Vancouver and to MLS. He said it was solely his decision. But he did reiterate his desire to play in Europe, saying that chance may come this winter, next summer, or maybe two years. So he's keeping his options open. Yeah. But it does sound like if a if a European team made some kind of inclinations to bringing him there this winter, he wouldn't, he wouldn't necessarily say no. The Whitecaps might. But, I mean, it could be something that maybe sees him moving on a little bit. He also talked about some abuse that he's been taking online because his performances for the national team apparently have not been as good as some of his earlier ones. So he got a lot of abuse online on Instagram and, and Twitter and, and things like that, which I didn't know about in, until that interview. And it's always sad, well, sad to see that.
1: I but doubt you can read Korean, so you wouldn't
2: know. Wait, what oh, that's Google true. translates for but usually it be a, maybe a story or something so maybe yeah. maybe there wasn't I missed that but yeah. i mean he is going to be tired and it's going to affect his performances and that is a concern of mine coming in, into the new season yeah,
1: this it a it's it's a it's a concern but it depends on how he's how he's rested at the time he's rested like you know 4 to 6 weeks most people that's what they have um in other leagues so maybe that might be good enough previously, yeah, true. I mean, previously he had no rest and he was playing injured too at sometimes
2: yeah Still on Wednesday, Austin FC part owner Matthew McConaughey was in London midweek and said that he, he feels that soccer can overtake baseball and hockey in the US in time. Now, is that realistic, wishful thinking? You're talking
3: about Matthew McConaughey, the actor, right? Yeah. All he's, right, he's, he's a part all owner right.
2: of Austin FC. I didn't know that. All right, all right, all right.
3: <laughs> a little dazed and confused i'm sure you'd like that movie
2: i could not name any movie he's been in but I, I know he goes all right all right all right
3: that's from dazed and confused i don't know i've never seen it you never seen dazed and confused no. it was like i was in high school when it came out it was it's interesting it's uh what's his name matthew mccarthy no the the director he's gone he did that boyhood movie he's a he's an interesting this is some interesting films ah. um but
2: yeah i mean can you see in time Soccer overtaking baseball and hockey in the U.S. Hockey,
3: absolutely. Yeah. Ice hockey, absolutely. I
2: I think that. Baseball seems a stretch. I mean, it's the national pastime, national sport. If it did, it would be phenomenal. But I I couldn't see it.
1: Even hockey would be hard still. uh, Eventually, maybe, but not in the near future. Hockey hockey is very... Uh, it's a niche sport. It's very in- entrenched right now, so I it's hard to see. Baseball definitely in not. the colder
3: climates is more popular, obviously, but I it, I, it, I could see because it's not as popular in the warmer places. Then
1: it's pretty popular even there. It's just a few cities in the warmer air climates. Like it's huge in Dallas, for example.
2: Yeah, well, D- D- Dallas, Dallas draw fans for most things, it th- but appear. Dallas sells out their
1: arena, their 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 hockey arena. So then they can't do it for a- FC Dallas. So that's there's something there, and in the floor, in the my, uh, you know, in Florida, one team doesn't do well, one team's doing really well, hmm. in attendance. So it all depends.
2: If you look at the the game here in Canada, I mean, where do you see it standing? It's Number one, baby. It's never going to overtake hockey. I mean what? Let's, No, let's that's definitely not. It, in the city of Vancouver in the seventies, the White Cats were bigger than the Canucks, but now with the culture shift, it definitely hockey seems to be. It's a hockey culture. Throughout Canada and and in Vancouver, CFL, I can easily see, and you could argue it already has overtaken CFL in, in oh, popularity. Yeah. In the younger generation, the older generations of Canadians, you do tend to find that CFL is still their favourite sport. Um, CFL. So it seems like an older fan base. CFL, CFL is
1: popular in between Alberta and Manitoba. I don't think it'll ever overtake that. But in BC, Ontario, oh. and in Quebec. There, I see definitely. You can see no, them soccer
3: over l- long term on the on the prairies. I can see it overtaking them. It'll, it'll take a while. It'll take a very long time. because in the prairies, the like part Maybe of no, par, part even of supporting more than the, the writers. Yeah, so they put part no, of supporting no, definitely them, not there. No, like I I I went to school in Regina. I went to lots of part of part of, part of what it is is like it's a community thing. It's like mm. this is like it's just coming together. So and are the it,
1: writers.
3: No, very much I, that's what I'm talking oh, about. The writers. Meant, I thought you meant that's, that. that. That's exactly what it is, and I think that I think that. I think that uh, Association Football can have that same effect and be even go even deeper than, than the CFL. Again, that
2: would, that would be fantastic. I, I love the CFL. I've talked about that before. I'm a big fan of it. But I'd, I'd be surprised in those places. But in general in Canada, i definitely see soccer taking over from it. Yeah.
3: Uh, well, I mean, one thing, this might not be a popular thing to talk about, but one thing that was interesting to me was watching when TFC won MLS Cup and you saw the celebrations in Toronto. They were like bigger and more meaningful and impressive than I thought they would have mm. they would have been. It was
2: very impressive. Yeah. Basketball
3: in Can Canada it, or, Yeah, cuz uh, it's
2: like obviously the Raptors are doing well and they've got fans throughout the country as have the Blue Jays cuz it's the only Canadian team just now. I still think soccer has a really good chance to be firmly established as a number 2 sport. Would you say it is already or No,
1: nothing on number 2.
3: It also depends on what, what are you talking yeah, about. Yeah, if you're I mean,
1: talking about world soccer, then maybe you got a chance to be number two. But if you're talking about just about Canadian League, then no,
2: not yeah,
3: at this point. No, but uh, I mean, it already is like the number one participatory sport in Canada.
2: Yeah, yeah. because so. he's there for, for kids to play. All good for the future. And we'll be back talking about more stuff from this week after this.
4: Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
2: Tank. Johnny Rotten and Public Image Limited there. The song from 1992 about thinking about tanks. We'll be thinking about tanks a lot and we'll come to that later in this part. You're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM Thursday. TFC. Resigned. Captain America. Michael Bradley. Sadly, not to that rumored six point <laughs> five <laughs> million dollars salary that would have been triggered if TFC had won the MLS Cup. So close.
1: Yeah, but I think I think they would have traded that in for an MLS Cup. They would have been okay with it. I, honestly, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, MLSC.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they would have. Yeah. Like
1: if you if if it was uh, an option that if you Whitecaps won an MLS Cup and if Brexit had his contract extended or something because they won <laughs> an MLS Cup, the Whitecaps, you, you, wouldn't you be happy with it? Maybe not 6.5 million, but maybe like a DP salary. Oh, I, I that, mean, would happen that would any, be. Oh, that, would that, would that would happen would, anyways.
3: Yeah, There's that an interest. It, yeah. it happened anyways without yeah, waiting an MLS company, would you? That, <laughs> would have been, that would have been fine if the people knew that, that that's what was going to happen.
2: <laughs> yeah. I would have taken an name. <laughs> but when the person responsible doesn't
3: know that that was going to happen, that's a problem.
2: Ah, uh, good old Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why so much was made <laughs> about. That, that thing with TFC, because, yeah, as, as Steve says, it's like, I'm sure they would have gladly taken another MLS Cup for the trophy case and, and still had him. And, of course, it will be interesting to see what salary he is on, but it's rumoured that it's going to be a TAM player at the maximum level of a of a TAM player and, for and the two thing years is, with an option.
1: And the thing is, he, uh, they said in an interview on TSN that he said, are you going to sign another DP if I sign this contract? And they said, yes, they would. That's why he yeah. signed it,
2: so... I mean, they're they're going to bring it a they're
1: going to a top player
2: in. Yeah. It opens up a DP spot. It's a nice bit of business from TFC. You, you you do have to see. Bradley said that his best years are still ahead of him. And that could be a daunting prospect because there was a very interesting tweet from Joga Benito that went out this week, actually highlighting what Bradley has achieved at TFC. And I don't really like to give TFC praise, but Bradley's had 200 games He's been in eight cup finals, including three MLS cups, winning five trophies altogether. That's a pretty impressive haul. I mean, you consider they had a good run at the Champions League as well.
3: That was one of the finals. Yeah.
1: Five trophies, that includes the Supporters' Shield, or
2: does
3: it? Yeah. Uh, and includes Voyager's cups.
2: Yeah, and Well, a, the
1: majority are Voyager.
2: The best ever season by an MLS them, yeah. club, which LAFC could have maybe outdone, but they didn't. So, I mean,. You, don't like TFC. Don't like Michael Bradley. But you do have to grudgingly acknowledge he's been a fantastic player for them and instrumental, really, in in their success. Same with Altidore as well. Not really a fan of the guy, but what he's brought to that TFC team, he's a kind of guy that you just wish the Whitecaps had a dominant midfield like that and a dominant striker. And maybe maybe one day we are we're playing catch up, of course, with TFC because we're we're just a new club from from twenty eleven. Whereas they've been on the go four you, years older than us. You
3: really want to go there? No, okay. I don't.
2: Thank I want to get this show finished.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Still on Thursday. I was talking about the FA Cup a couple of shows ago and, and my love for the US Open Cup. Well, the USSF announced their first revamp of the tournament this week. First revamp since 2012. And hopefully it's going to make it even better. It's going to kick off earlier. With 11 MLS teams now entering the the tournament at an earlier stage, meaning more matches against lower level teams, hopefully meaning some more giant killing opportunities, some cup sets and, and success for these teams. I love that idea. But the tournament is going to kick off on March 24th. Some of the bad things about that is college players aren't going to be released and available until May 1st. So some of these teams that might rely on college players aren't going to have them. And it is a worry that the MLS teams who already put out weaker teams in the early rounds of this are going to take it even less seriously and put out even more, more weak teams. But well, so forget them. Like if they're going to do that, who cares? Yeah. Like, I, I I just want the tournament to get the respect and the recognition that it really should get. And if you don't, I don't if you don't
3: want will. to win this tournament. And you're an MLS, and you're great. an MLS side. You're you're foolish.
2: It gets you into the Champions League, which, of course, is the whole other argument as well, because a lot of teams don't care if they're in the Champions League or not, because it can derail your season, as we have seen with some teams over the years. But it also gets you more money too.
3: It's the thing. And more than I gam, just hate sweet gam. Yeah.
2: There's a lot of things about modern football love to that, that I hate. Gam all over, There's it. some modern football things that I love, but Wait, one what? of the things is the the lack of. The lack of taking cup competition seriously that's like a big thing for me. It just really really pisses me off
3: uh, yeah I, I, I agree the, the the epitome the the worst thing I think we've seen in the modern era of football Michael and as much as I don't like them as a, as a club, even though Steve does it was that year when when FIFA had that big the first big World club World Cup tournament and man United. Opted to not be in the FA Cup to go and play yeah. in that. Like that, w- that was that was appalling. Horrible. That was appalling,
2: and the fact they were allowed to even yeah. do that. I mean, they could easily have put a team in that was just all the young kids, and then you that also, would have been better. You had the circumstances as well this year, where Liverpool, who are away right. at that, were forced to play yeah. a, a game in the in the League Cup the day before they were meant to fly out, which is ridiculous as well. But. There's some good things about modern football The fact it's more accessible to people around the world I can sit in my house and watch live East Fife games as an example So you're getting that availability and access that you never had before But with it comes a lot of bad things Friday Now, something we first heard about a few weeks ago But couldn't report on for confidentiality reasons Was sadly confirmed on Friday Victoria Highlanders have left the USL Hmm setting up once again in the Pacific Coast Soccer League for this season only because they're wanting to put their whole focus on the new Tier 3 league that's going to be starting in BC in 2021 and they just feel that leaving USL League 2 now is the best way for them to do that and to get a solid foot in and, and to get things ready for that season it means TSS Rovers are going to be the only BC side in the Northwest Division Calgary Foothills will be in as well as another Canadian team, but it means that the rivalry in the Juan de Fuca plate may or may not be contested for. There could be a one-off friendly or a home-and-away friendly if they they can try and fit that in, but it's interesting on a couple of levels. One, that they feel that USL League 2, with the travel involved, is a less... A less appealing prospect for them than the PCSL, which to the players, I don't think it will be. And I think they'll attract a less quality of player. But it helps them maybe get the ducks in a row for this Tier 3 league, which does look like it's going to be starting now in 2021. So that can only be a good thing, hopefully, for the province and for the development of young players here.
3: Yeah, th- that's how I view this, Michael, is that this is uh, hopefully some short-term pain for long-term gain uh, for the Victoria Highlanders as a club and for the supporters. They, they, I should and point out as well, they've actually had their island.
2: reserve team in the PCSL in yeah. the last couple of yeah. seasons, so it's just they're now putting their first team in.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, if they can be a part of uh, the BC League One or whatever it's going to be called, the, that would that that would be great. And that would be awesome. So if this helps facilitate that or helps the you know one year of not being in USL and the the finances that are more significant to be involved, in that can help get them ready for the BC League. I think that's a good thing. I do feel bad for TSS, especially, and a little bit for Foothills to have, lose a Canadian opponent. Yeah, but there's going to be
2: one UT men in. In the division this year, but they're another Oregon team, so right. it's more travel. Yeah.
1: Yeah, especially for Calgary.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly tough for them. The The other good thing about the PCSL is that this is going to help island soccer and develop the young players there for Pacific. But, and there's also, it looks like Victoria United's going to get sort of reignited and they're going to be in the PCSL as well. So there's going to be a, cool. more options for, for these island guys to hopefully come through and, and make the mark for Pacific and in the CPL. Also on Friday, MLS confirmed the date and format for the 2020 Super Draft. It's going to be on Thursday, January the 9th. It's a 9am start for us out west.
3: Is it now called the Super Conference Call?
2: That would be SEC. You eh, can get, get by with that. Hashtag SEC. <laughs> it's, it's basically just a glorified film conference call. They're yeah. going to be filming teams huddled around a telephone speaking into a loudspeaker. It's going to be really weird. It's going to be broadcast live on Twitter. I don't, I, I,
1: I don't think they're going to have the cameras at, on the at the teams, are they? No, they are. Oh, wow. That's what they announced. <laughs> That's weird. I never read that. They said the decision makers. I, I thought they would just have like where there was just a, like, a, uh, like a studio and then the the commissioner would just announce the
2: pick, whoever the pick Not was. Not Jeff Anderson. will be mic'd up. You'll have a camera I was, was going to say,
3: so for Vancouver, it'll just be Axel and MDS because those are the oh, two Oh, yeah, because yeah, they're the decision makers. Yeah, they're, they're just, those are the two yeses. The other people don't count, right?
1: Yeah. The good thing is, is they, they they just I think this past weekend they had like some kind of college showcase. Um, in well, it was Charlotte. the college cup today, yeah. No, but they had the college yeah, the showcase, showcase around it for the teams that weren't in that college cup. Yeah, I, I think the college cup is going on the whole week this week or whatever. Yeah, today was the final. Today was the final? Yeah. I thought it was the whole week or, the, or whatever. But whatever the case is, they, they're at least doing that that you know that training
2: session they would normally do. Yeah, that's what they normally did in early January. But so. they would do it
1: the week of the draft, yeah. where now they can do it like a, a month before, and then the teams can actually watch these guys and then do a little bit more investigating so they know if they have a contract with somebody
2: else. And they, they, <laughs> The Caps have the fourth pick this year. I, I kind of hope they trade it, just so I don't have to pay any attention to this, because I'm scheduled to work that day, and I don't really want to take the day off work to watch a conference call and the, and play they, out live on Twitter. And, the, and, <laughs> and,
1: and
3: they, then do the interviews.
2: And yeah. the thing
1: is, they might they might use this as a package to get some other player. Like, you know. Yeah. I,
2: M- MDS, and he's hinted at that to us. He's hinted at that to other things, that he is open to to using assets and trading assets if it's going to get him a, a good return. Now, MLSsoccer.com have been counting down their teams of the decade on their site this week. We're really going to talk about this? Yeah, top five. Dallas were fifth. Sport and KC were fourth. Red Bulls were third. Whitecaps were second. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Galaxy were second. And Seattle, number one. Hard hard to argue. Two MLS Cups, three final appearances, one Supporters' Shield, three US Open Cups... Never, not qualified for the playoffs. I'm surprised
1: they didn't put Atlanta and LFC in. The, I, in the do top you know?
2: Fight. I I hadn't I followed shocked. it up until Friday when I just read the final one, yeah. and I was expecting to see at least Atlanta in there. Yeah, I was going to go on about how ridiculous. So I didn't it read was. these; I
3: just saw the headlines. But to me, and obviously I'm biased in this, but Deadpool, for someone who's they never won, they never they've never won an MLS no, Cup. No,
2: but they've won a couple of Supporters Shields, okay. and they've been consistent well, in the East. Yeah. Okay. So, and yeah,
3: it's just the decade. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay.
2: and it's it's over the the, the whole decade. But grudgingly again, Seattle do deserve it. They've they've been they've been the club you kind of want to aspire to. You hate to say that when it's a rival, but they really they really are.
3: He spends a few minutes in their dressing room, Steve, and he just can't <laughs> stop salivating over them.
2: It's all because of Stephen Fry's Egyptian tattoo. i <laughs> I'll be chatting to him about that the next time I see him. Let's move on to the weekend. And there's really only one story to talk about this weekend. We've saved the best to last. Yes, it was announced today, the press release came out, that the Whitecaps are going to be holding a press conference on Monday to reveal a new striker. Now, it doesn't say who the new striker is. I think we can maybe speculate. (laughs) It was originally... Going to be Zlatan, but City of Vancouver oh. would not let them have a lion tied up outside BC Place. <laughs> so instead, as as one door closes, another opens. Which I had a Ford Focus like that once. But as one door open, door closes, another one opens, and we've got the next best thing is Latin. We've got the Canadians Latin. El Tank, Lucas Cavallini.
1: They call him El Tank?
2: That's, that's, that's his, his name. Yeah, yeah. nickname, Which I think Manico. translates to The Tank. <laughs> I mean, my Spanish isn't that good, but... <laughs> that, coupled with the fact that there's a big armoured vehicle outside BC Place in white caps, colours, with a number 9 on it, I guess he's getting my, my detective buddy's number on his shirt. Cavallini is our new number 9.
1: It'd be awesome if he was actually nicknamed The Tank because he liked to wear tank tops yes that was the reason why i was going
2: to say they're going to probably sell tons of tank tops this year they'll probably have a marketing thing it's like the Cavallini tank top the, I, I think, I you're, giving, I think you're giving them ideas with it, the number on this back yeah I mean, yeah there we go we'll, we'll take just a five percent cut of that we're quite generous that week.
3: Yeah, it's not how it works you got to tell them first well, they'll hear For- it on
2: this now it's rumored to be a four-year deal so it's probably two years plus two in options Six million dollar transfer fee is the figure that was getting banded about Friday and Saturday. We've talked about it a little bit before, but we've had time to kinda of digest yeah. it. We we're talking about this before the show. Do you feel he's worth that money? Uh like <laughs> I mean it would take us about three years
3: to earn that on the show. <laughs> um I I like Lucas Cavallini. Uh, I like him because he's Canadian and because he's uh, been contributing to the men's national team and uh, growing as a player coming from his time in South America to play in Mexico. I think he can do well in MLS. I think he can potentially even do well in MLS on a poor side like Vancouver has been. The one thing I've been thinking about and talking to some people about this week, like I I was on actually on the. on my way on my my little journey into <laughs> to UBC today, I I was having a phone a phone conversation with someone and it was kind of like it feels like crazy that they're spending six million dollars on on a on this player. Now again, w- will he be worth it? Yeah, maybe he will be, but when you look at how in MLS, like like did they pay any money money for Pedro Morales? I don't think they came on a free, I'm pretty sure. There's other players they've gotten, I think, that were more vital in terms of setting up how the team played that um, they that they got on, on better deals. And it, it does, and I
2: don't want this to sound in any way disrespectful to Canadian players, but it does feel a lot of money for a Canadian player.
3: Which I think at this moment is a, at least a fair critique. Um, A good it, Canadian player yeah.
2: who's had the two best years of his career in 2018 and 2019. I, 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 it feels, and entering his prime as
1: well. Yeah,
3: it's still like 27 this month. Like This striker feels like the whipped cream or the cherry that should go on top of the main dessert, which should be a, someone to run the show, someone okay. to be creative.
2: Well, he needs a supporting cast, and we need a creative midfielder. And to get that kind of quality midfielder, you'd think it would need to be a DP. So couldn't so now you Now we do don't that? have a DP spot unless we buy down someone else. Someone, if that is possible, which
3: Some, may not somebody be Somebody already possible. needs to
1: get bought down because you got four DPs right now on the... No, no.
3: Oh, he's taking Ardeus, right, spot?
1: Well, yeah,
2: Ardeus is gone.
3: He was I understand
1: D- that, but then you got Ali Adnan, you mm-hmm. got Inbaum Wang, and mm-hmm. then you got Montero. He's not a DP. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's not a DP, you're right. The Colombian's cl- not a DP. I anymore. stand corrected.
3: Yeah. Um yeah it's like to me it seems like you spend six million on a on a creative player and you bring someone in on less or on a free to be the finisher but uh, yeah i'm 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 i'd be happy to be proven wrong but oh me me too and it it's a great addition and you
2: do like he's he's playing with a team he's just signed a big contract extension with them last year you have to pay for that kind of player it it feels that you could and this is what i was saying to steve it feels like you could have got a different player for that. But then Steve did rightly point out who you're going to get for just $6 million. When you look at the global transfer yeah. market,
3: it's well, through if you, the roof. Well, Pozuelo was 8 million euros?
1: Pazuela pounds, was uh, pounds. Uh, and that, it, so we're that turned talking into about 12. 10, 10 million. 10? 10 million.
3: So that's the kind of player they needed first, I think. And maybe they will still but get they, that But they still have time to get that. Maybe yeah. this one was the first but, opportunity I, to get somebody else. I also just want to reiterate, like, this is my thought this week. I think last week I'm going to be like, oh, five sounds reasonable. Mm. Re- yeah, re- yeah <laughs> I did as well. But as I thought about it, like, yeah, it If not. it was more than
2: six, I would be like, you're paying, what, eight? Because it's like, it was really. No, it's
1: definitely not eight. If it was eight, I'd be more concerned. Yeah. Uh, but any, like, uh, well, it's not our heard, money, so who, who are we to care? I, I've even heard it's 6.5, uh, up to 6.5. but that's uh, uh, Maybe we'll find out Monday.
2: I also I don't, don't
3: think they'll tell us. I, I also didn't, I also don't really like think it. I don't really like their social media approach around all this. do you know if you saw that little video. Yeah, I was
2: going to mention that. But it, I I didn't like it either. They, and for anyone that hasn't seen it, they put a tweet out today with all the comments that well, not all some of the comments that fans had made. Kunrad. Why are you not spending money? And
3: Kunrad was on there. Yeah,
2: there's a few names I recognise. Why are you not spending money? You need to spend money. Where's the Davis money gone? So they put all that in a video, just with a, a typing of okay. It's like, hey, look, we've spent this money now. They haven't. We know Lucas Cavallini. We like Lucas Cavallini. I think Lucas Cavallini is going to score a lot of goals in MLS. He needs a supporting cast. But all that aside, the general public, and we talked about this before, I don't know if they know who Lucas Cavallini is. And again, not wanting to be disrespectful to Canadian players, because I'm pretty sure if we signed a Scottish player, folk would be like, why are you sending a crappy Scottish player for that money as well? How oh,
3: dare you talk about Johnny Russell that way?
2: It would be... It's like, folk are going to be like, you're spending that money on on a Canadian guy that we've never heard of? Why? Because the, their idea of a big splash is someone coming from Europe, rightly or wrongly, or maybe someone from South America, or a Brazilian, or no, something like that. they want somebody from Europe.
1: Yeah. The, 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 somebody they want someone recognize. that
2: they've seen on TV. Yeah, exactly. Whether in the World Cup, whether just in, in league football or whatever, yeah.
3: The, the, the little ad, little ad, the little thing they put out today, it, it, I thought
2: it was disrespectful to fans that actually clearly care enough about the club.
3: Yeah, and they, to want the club and then to they, spend money They clarified to they said we're just having fun. I I'm actually, oh, the, I missed that part. I think they said, oh okay. yeah, we're just trying, like we're not trying to be mean spirited. But here's here's the thing, and I know social media is meant for engagement and blah blah whatever. Yeah, but to like, be a bit controversial, like just, like just shut up. And like spend the money and do your job, and don't 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 you don't need to do these cute little trying the you know whatever.
1: Well, I don't think uh, the social media people are, are involved in spending the money or.
3: No, but they're the ones who are choosing to I communicate know. about it. In this I understand
1: way. that, but they're not there spending. You can't say tell them to shut up and do their job because they're not really doing that part. No,
3: sorry, I'm talking about them as a club. Okay. it's it's a club. You need to have yeah. a, an approach as a club, and like so, and and then you're spending. You heard that, Twitter guys, get on the scouting. No, you're spending $6, six million out of up to $22 million. You haven't spent the Alfonso Davies money.
2: Well, we've only got probably $13 because the twenty two is tied into appearances. Sure. Still, although we might be getting a whack s- at the end of this yeah. season Still, you, you, with what he's making. Other than, <laughs>
3: other than Nick DeSantos, what else have they spent it on? Not DeSantis, sorry. I was uh, like, who? Nick <laughs> Sorry. sorry.
2: <laughs> Have you just revealed something? we <laughs> brought in Nick DeSantis. No. I think Nick, Nick Dasevich. Dasevich. Yeah, Nick Dasevich. There's too Dasevich. many DeSantis as there is. I was combining no more
3: Combining Nick and Mark.
1: Okay, i am all confused. Dasevich hasn't even
2: scored a goals last year. I know. For a man of his height, he's crap in the air.
3: <laughs> but no, seriously, like, yeah. I, but
2: I mean, uh, it, it puts added pressure on Cavallini right away.
3: Yeah. First
2: of all, let's hope he, just, he doesn't tank in MLS. Yeah. Uh, Uh, But I mean, I think it—it's maybe going to—it's maybe going to let us know what the White Cats' approach is going to be next year. If you want to go into battle, you want to go in with a tank. That's the way I look at it. So we've got our tank. So that's our ground movement. If we get someone, some wingers to send some crosses into the air, then we've got some air attack as well. So advancing on the ground, good in the air, blitzkrieg. Sounds like Axel Schuster's made his mark already. So as I mentioned, we're doing the show live on Sunday. The press conference is Monday. So we're not going to have any audio from Lucas Cavallini or Axel Schuster tonight. But for those of you listening on the podcast, we're going to bring you a little bit of what was said on Monday. So we're going to bring you the two scrums that were done after the initial press conference. So this isn't stuff that's been filmed and, and put out there already. So we're going to hear first from Lucas Cavallini, and then we're going to hear from the Whitecaps Sporting Director, Axel Schuster.
0: What, uh, what excites you the most about this transaction?
5: <laughs> um, my welcome. Uh, it's really good. really good to be back home. Uh, excited to start working, and uh, yeah, just... Just excited in general. Happy happy to be here.
0: What are your expectations?
5: First off, as a striker, score goals. Help this team uh, win games and uh, uh, take it. Uh, game by game and uh, obviously a big objective here is making playoffs right that's something important for for me something important for the club so that's the key the key thing we need this this season
3: have you had a chance to look at some of the white caps tape from last year so there any guys you, you fancy you could link up with possibly a rainer or an embalm or something of the like obviously still some pieces probably to come in and probably some pieces going out but do you think there's some guys here you can make some plays happen with
5: yeah the, the core the core is good of, the, of this team uh, there's a lot of uh, key players there's a lot of um, quality players so of course uh when we start training, we get to know each other better and obviously try to hook up for, for, for the season. I don't know how much you can
2: say about what Mark's told you about your role here. Does he see you playing as like a lone striker? Does he see you playing maybe in a partnership with the likes of Freddie Montero or someone like that?
5: Yeah, obviously uh, my, my, my natural position, which is the number nine. Uh, we haven't spoke uh, directly about that yet, but uh, obviously when we start training, we'll, we'll start to get to know what position works best for me and the, the the only objective I have is to score both And when you do come
2: here I mean you, the last two years of your career has probably been the, the, the two best of your whole career so far but coming here as a marquee player a lot of fanfare around you do you feel the pressure? Do you thrive in that pressure?
5: I come from leagues where the, the fans pressure players way more than here so pressure is not going to be a question here
0: uh, What was your conversations with, with the club in terms of the fit
2: here? why this is this is the right place for you right
5: now yeah well they they gave me they made me feel comfortable coming here uh, obviously they gave me all the all the confidence they felt that I was the, the right player to, to be at this club to, to do my job and obviously as I said striker key thing is to score and contribute to this team as more more, more as possible.
0: Do you like Mark DeSantis' philosophy, the
5: way that he plays the game, the way that he wants his Whitecaps team to play? Yeah, of course. Obviously, uh, we just start starting to get to know each other. But uh, but yeah, when we start working together, uh, uh, I can answer that question better. (laughs) Uh,
0: Lucas, over the years, the Whitecaps have struggled to provide service for their strikers. How dependent Mm. is your success on getting service from the midfield? Can you go out and get that ball by yourself, or do you need service?
5: Oh, I can go out and get that ball as well, but I'm not really worried about that. I know there's a lot of key players here, and uh, they're going to help me in the best way possible.
3: Lucas, you spoke about a couple
0: of months ago that the only club you would go to in MLS was Toronto FC, but now you're here at
5: Vancouver. Uh, What changed for you? What brought you here? What changed your mind about that? Canada changed Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, it's all the same. We're all in Canada. This is my home, so happy to be here.
0: Your impressions at BC Place? Have you played at BC Place? You the fans there, the pitch?
5: Yeah, I've been here last March with the national team, so uh, I, really, I was really impressed with the fans. Uh, the fans really behaved well with me. I remember that, so just excited. Were you surprised when they chose a clip to show of you? They bring you as a goal scorer. They showed that clip of you basically coming
1: back and getting the ball. Did that surprise you And that's the one that decided to highlight you, or were
3: you happy to get there?
5: Yeah, well, it's not, it's not only about scoring goals. It's actually, as, as a number nine, you're the first you You're the first key player in that, that system, that pressuring system and defending system. So, yeah, uh, it's something, it's an extra. It's just, as a number nine, there's not a lot of number nines that do that. So uh, I like to do things extra.
1: that what you want to bring to this club? Obviously, they want you to score goals. But do you see the bigger picture? You're going to be the new face of this team. Is that something you want to
5: Yeah, well, uh, with the help of my teammates, uh we can all do this as a team. Not really about me, but it's all about the team.
0: A lot of the strikers that they've had on this team seem to be guys who want to
5: drift out to the
0: wings and stuff like that. They haven't really had a guy who likes to hang around the box and pick up the garbage or whatever. Are you more a guy that hangs around the 18-yard box and, and and just
5: just pounces on opportunities? Uh, not really. Just as I said recently, um, I don't really like to stay stand as a postman. I like to work off work off the. The number the, ten work off the, the their defenders and try to just tire them out the whole game. So I could do whatever they want me to do.
0: Look, if there's a personal armored vehicle outside, <laughs> uh, your thoughts on that? Have you seen that before? And how did you get your nickname?
5: <laughs> Something unique, no? Something you don't see any day. Uh, but yeah, obviously the nickname came since I was uh, since I was in the youth system in Uruguay. It's, it's just a nickname they use. Just players that just they have a brick wall in front of them they just run through them so that's where I got my nickname so from. you
0: get to keep that out there right
5: yeah, I probably get to drive it too <laughs> <laughs> Pili arrived arrive last week from the get a mix as well
2: making statements about winning the MLS Cup and winning the golden boot are you gonna make any bold predictions like that as
5: well yeah <laughs> it would be nice it would be nice uh, those are those are extra things you know uh, just gotta take it uh, day as a time so we'll see we'll see what happens
2: so that was Lucas Cavallini there talking after his initial press conference to myself and some of the other journalists. Let's hear now from Axel Schuster.
4: How important was it for you to get this deal done? Really important because uh, we have only one DP slot, and uh, we—it was clear from the first day that it should be the number nine. And as I always said, we we looking for the profile, looked for the profile first, and so. Finally, we are really happy that we find the exact right player to our profile, to our cornerstones, uh, who meets all of that. And the player also really wants to do it. He really wants to come here, to compete here in his uh, home country and to show the people in the MLS that he is able to to compete on the highest level and to to help this team to to be a better team in the future.
0: Do you think this signing sends a message to your supporters?
4: Yes, to, to be honest, the, the most important uh, message should be that we are really clear with our philosophy, really clear with that, what we want to be in the next season, what the badge is standing for, and that's our, our four cornerstones, mentality, team spirit, discipline, and work ethic, and that everything else is uh, on the top, so technical, tactical, uh, personal qualities, all of that is on the top, so that should be the message.
2: So is 1B uh, getting somebody in the midfield?
4: Yes, of course we, we try to put the puzzle pieces together and uh, we are uh, competing for the, for the best profiles at, at every position we are looking for. Easy work can be done easy, so we are competing for difficult and good solutions, and so we are still working on everything. Speaking of the profile, often last year, Mark DeSanto said he wanted to be a team that pressed. In reality, it didn't happen maybe as much as people liked. Pressing, people often say it's one of the best ways to score goals. Is this kind of the start of higher pressing, higher tempo next year? Yes, but because the four cornerstones I mentioned, they, they if everybody is good at that, that helps to press, because press, pressing is already the next step. That is something tactically. For me, you have to have the right mentality, work ethic, the discipline and and, uh, the team spirit to do that together. So, of course, uh, we want to be very clear with that and we don't want to sign any player who who is not good at that. So it's early days and obviously
2: a lot of this might depend on who else you bring in, but where do you see Lucas fitting into the, the setup of the team? Do you see him as a lone striker? Do you see him playing maybe in a partnership
4: with Freddie Montero, for example? It depends a little bit on, on on situation, but I think for sure he is our central striker, and he is uh, in the in the system Marx likes most in the 4-3-3. The, the striker on the top.
2: So if he is
4: then thought of as a central striker, where does that leave the likes of Freddy Montero? <laughs> that leaves him in the competition to work hard and to fight for the positions, but. As I said before, it depends always on situation and it depends on all the players we get together. So there is not a must that we only play with one striker. Uh, and we, we should be flexible at that uh, as well uh, because sometimes even uh, another system is a better solution for the next opponent. So, But at, at the end, it leaves everybody to, to compete hard for, for his position because there are no guarantees for anybody to play.
0: Axel, how long has the club had his discovery rights for and did any other MLS teams try to make an offer for Lucas's discovery rights?
4: I don't know about any other offer and he didn't mention something like that so maybe you have to ask him uh, in the period we worked together and uh, discussed everything there was no other club and uh, I think the, the name is really for a long time in the, t- uh, in, the in the mind of the club but for any reason, it has not been possible to do it in before. And now we are really happy that, that we could fix the deal.
0: Can fans expect any more signings before the end of the month?
4: <laughs> there are still some days in the month. So, yes, I, I, we are working on that. But as I said before, it is not only about us. Maybe we already have an agreement with a player. And, and we are absolutely clear that he is the right profile. But we have to work with his club. And as you know, the transfer period in a lot of markets are still... Ahead and a lot of clubs are still playing so sometimes we have to respect that the club says we want to focus first on our last games and then we want to to work on that things.
0: So will the majority of your shopping maybe be done in January when those markets open?
4: The the wish of Mark and me is to, to bring in some more signings before 18th of January that they can start with the team to train. But of course, if we if we have something very good in our mind and it's not possible to do that, then then we are open to do it until end of January. But yeah, I'm optimistic that we get some more signings until the first training. Yeah, MLS CBA is set to expire in January. And many people have people saying that it might impact a lot of the mid-tiered signings with the TAM and JAM. The future uncertain about that. Do you, are you... Is it impacting the way you guys do business and do you have any idea of how things might change in the future after that expires? No, I haven't and uh, even Greg Anderson who is my expert for all the MLS rules and things going on here, I have not an idea about that right now, but to be honest, every player we are speaking right now and there are also players in this league, there there was a, that was not an issue, so it do not influence our negotiations right now.
2: We'll, we'll see how Lucas does I, I've got high hopes for him I want him to do well He's a great lad Great lad Great for Canada I do still have this concern That we're signing so many Canadian players That when they have to go on international duty We've lost such a key core of our squad In one goal But
1: No we've got rid of Daniel Henry now
2: Oh yeah that's true And Russell Tiber doesn't seem to be getting called up as much He's yeah. sold
3: we ah, s- We're fine They sold. We sold Daniel Unloaded
2: But let's see how Lucas does. A lot of pressure on him. And hopefully we'll have a little chat with him on next week's Christmas special. What would be more special for our Christmas special than the guy that's going to give us a lot of gifts in 2020 now? 2020 now? (laughs) The guy that's going to give us a lot of gifts in 2020. Anyway, that is it for the news of the week. Just one thing though before we do go to break. We've had a tweet in... From Greg Petrie, our good friend at Our Dumb World on Twitter. And he makes a very valid point. When we're talking about can football be the one of the top sports in Canada and America. He says, you can be one of the biggest sports in Canada if you're only on streaming services. Ooh. That is a good point. Because so many people aren't going to pay for the streaming services. So they don't get to see the game. They don't grow the game here as, as a result of that.
3: It, that's probably in reference specifically to the CPL, right?
2: CPL, but, but also you've got the English Premiership and the Champions League that you can only yeah, watch on streaming but but services. But I think like, I think they're
3: doing those; those are doing fine.
1: Those those are probably doing fine because they have been, had establishment on there. Like a couple, of, I don't know, I can't remember. Maybe in the uh, mid two thousands or maybe late nineties. The NHL actually gave uh, the ho- the hockey rights for free to NHL uh, to NBC in order to get it on. Uh, like a broad, like a network broadcast or whatever. They gave it for free in order to get it on because they knew they weren't going to get very much money anyways. So, And now they are getting uh, like contracts and TV contracts and people are watching it. So you have to kind of, even if you have to give it away sometimes, you got to do that in order to at least get a game of the week on. The yeah, end.
3: I mean the <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers said that. Give it away, give it away. Here's the thing though, Steve. I'm, I'm diff- not just saying every game,
1: no, I'm saying no, no. a game of the week Yeah. And a certain no, time. No, I totally agree with you. Like a Friday I, night I, I, or Saturday I don't night don't dis- something. I
3: don't disagree, but I think it's also a little bit different when you're talking about a league that's been around for 100 years, or maybe not the time, 100 years, and a league that's brand new. Oh,
1: no, but what I'm saying is that it, the whole idea that they weren't getting enough coverage in, 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 in America at that time, so they gave it away for free in order to build that up. CPL should have done that where they had one game a week
2: yeah, yeah. for free, Every week, like yeah. not not like not like, like where they do
1: some yeah. games on CBC, some games on CBC Gem. Because I mean, do it that
2: way. you look at the two big channels, Sportsnet's basically not shown any soccer on their main channels. They've still got Sportsnet World that shows Bundesliga and FA Cup. TSN has got football on it. It's got international games, and you've got the Club World Cup and the MLS Cup and stuff as well. I don't know that that is enough to meet the demands and help grow the sport here. So. We'll see what happens. Well, at least CBC did show some games this year. 10 on the main channels, 10 on the streaming one. And CBC Gem is also not even available on all kinds of TVs either. Yeah. So you can't even get that. But anyway, we will, will be back talking, funnily enough, about Canadian soccer after this.
5: Hi, I'm Lucas Carlini. You're listening to the AFT Soccer Show.
3: The snow up off your shoe.
1: Inside, we'll build a fire for two. Come on, everyone, it's Christmas Day. The stockings are all hung with care, the children sleeping
5: unaware.
1: The Santa Claus will soon be on his way. And old Jack Frost is whistling out a warning. But the gang's all here to keep the cold away. Oh, how I wish for peace on earth this Christmas. Come on,
2: come on, it's Christmas Day. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Another Christmas song picked by Steve there. Let everyone know what that was.
1: It was called It's Christmas Day by Bros. Canadian group.
2: Not Bros, the the boy band from the, the 80s. I always get them mixed up when I see their name written down because they're spelled the same way. But that is our token Christmas song for this episode. But we're going to have a lot more next week in our special Christmas show, which is going to be starting at 9 o'clock on CITR Radio. Tune in for that, we should be going, I think, maybe 9 till 12.
1: Yeah, twelve's good.
2: Not longer than that, because I'm working the next day early, so we'll see what happens. But welcome back to this week's episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the Unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. Now, of course, the the Whitecaps signing Lucas Cavallini, you could say that is their present to the fans for, for Christmas do you think there might even be some more announced before Christmas?
3: Based on what my friend Michael told me, I don't think so. <laughs> don't trust anyone called Michael. Oh, okay.
2: But it hasn't really been the busiest time in Canadian soccer circles, but that gives us the chance to chat about a couple of recent news stories that we never got around to talking about, but I do kind of want to delve into them in a, in a little bit more detail. Before we get to those, though, we'll cover some of the Canadian soccer news of the week. And first up, the men's and the women's Canadian Players of the Year have been announced. After I was talking about it on the show a couple of weeks ago, I completely forgot to get my vote in on time. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> but the men's winner was who we picked. Yeah. Mm. Jonathan And David.
1: that's who I had on my top. I had uh, David. Um, I Actually, before I even, I think even before the rumors came out, or there were always rumors, but I had Cavallini number two and I had Alfonso number three.
2: Nice. It was yeah. kind of a, a, a no brainer.
3: A player who played in Vancouver, a player who's coming to Vancouver, and a player who Vancouver wanted. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that's but, good. Yeah,
2: and, but I, I
1: thought the, the the whole you know the fact when I look look back at the time I wasn't sure, but looking at what David had done this year, the you know the cl- breaking the club record of goals uh, for Canadian scoring with a club and country combined, the, the, it was a no brainer at that point that he was the, the oh, yeah. guy. I
2: I thought it was interesting. It, I mean, this made me laugh uh, on two counts. One of them, when they were discussing the Canadian sports personality of the year, and people were miffed that the shortlist didn't have um, Alfonso Davies on it, and the tennis player Bianca Andrescu. Hands Rightly down. won, yeah, 100%. hands down. There's yeah. no way she should not have won that. Yeah,
1: I don't even. Know. But like, all these was like, was it just people, is... people have said they they weren't on the
2: shortlist or they didn't win. No, just not on the shortlist. Oh, okay, like, that's understandable. not on the shortlist, you oh, know, I, I can. I can, can like, he's not even the best Canadian soccer player. Yeah, no, I understand why mm. people would be
1: upset about that because you know everybody's got their own like people to back, but and everything. Okay,
3: but you can say he's not maybe not the best, but he's at least the second best and the bigger point of him being in that discussion is he at least began to make the breakthrough at one of the biggest football clubs in the entire world. But
2: you have to look at the whole year's achievements. Yeah, I, I don't look and at... I he don't didn't
3: look, have a good start if to if the year.
1: If, if, he, if you look he, at... He, won, he no, won the preseason
3: tournament? Or yeah, the,
1: I, don't, I don't see that. I don't see being... I don't think he... I think he had a very good start of the year because I didn't expect him to play that many minutes. Like, I didn't... I wasn't one of those guys, oh, his because he's not getting minutes his his future doesn't look bright or something the people writing those kind of articles and ever or tweeting what I'm not totally to try and
2: get him on loan but that didn't work out
1: but I think I think the fact that he but I'm not going to award him I I did give him third place but I'm not going to award him a top 2 spot because he didn't while he's making the breakthrough he hasn't made the breakthrough yet and uh, I'm not going to give somebody on potential at this point. Yeah, it's got to be you got to see some kind of results. I I balance it with results, I, and that's why he keeps I'm, third.
3: I know Byron's going through issues with their center backs, but it feels like he's made the breakthrough into the. Like, no, he's, he's, a, a, he's, he's, a he's a regular. regular very recently no. he's that, really – That's uh, certainly
2: not enough to give him any award for Player of the Year in no, football or otherwise no, 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 no. sporting but, wise. But but in I terms
3: of like, being in the conversation, in terms of like uh, the whatever the sports personality of the year, that's not all based on your on on-field performance it, it's bigger it than should, it should
1: be. be yeah no if then it would, per, uh, it would be
3: called it would be called athletic athletic performance of the year
2: andy murray won the the uk sports personality of the year and he's got no personality at all yeah
3: that's a good point no sure but, but it, I, he's also,
2: he was also the number one tennis player in scotland uh, but i, I is, was I, number three
3: i think it's bigger than than just the on-field performance i think it's about the story i think it's about the individual like it, that's my perception. Yeah, I, might, I might be so, wrong in what they're looking at, but that's how I... That, I no,
2: they, they, look at, they, look at,
1: they do look at on performance. Yeah. So, I mean, that's
2: all it should do, be based on.
1: Well, they maybe me. named it wrong, but the way they vote for it, it's basically... I remember there was like a documentary about a um, uh, uh, local player, Larry Walker, uh baseball, baseball player, yeah. and then uh, Jacques Villeneuve, the race car driver, yeah. and people were... Arguing like this guy's an athlete. This guy just drives a car in rounded circles or whatever. <laughs> so so there's a big argument over that that year.
2: So, but this one it was a clear cut. It was. I think it's won. called Canadian Sports Person. I I just said that because that's what the the British one is. So
3: I always get. Oh. I think no. I think that's what it is. I, I think I'm exactly not I'm not year. I'm, I'm not like awesome. angry about this. I just think he, it would have been it wouldn't have been unjust for him to be in that conversation. I don't think he should have won. I but... think if they had a footballer mentioned, though, it should have been Jonathan David just for what
2: he's achieved at a top european club
3: no don't even
2: it's it's thought, awarded it's, it's awarded to the nation's top athlete the lou marsh trophy that's, that's
3: what, that what it's is. called yes. oh yeah yeah
1: it's awarded to the na- nation's top athlete not yep. a okay. personality
3: sorry f- sorry everyone that michael brought his britishisms into it
2: I, I, it's so hard not he to, tends
3: to do that yes
2: on the women's side, Ashley Lawrence won, and I can't remember who we said. I had Ashley win.
1: Lawrence. At last second, I remember that she had played really well with PSG and everything like that, and she was to- one of the top players in the yeah. Canadian women's national team. I horrible? did have, I, had, I put Sinclair number two uh, just out of reflex, and then I put Jordan to my, uh, number three. Yeah. Because I know his, her dad, and he's very nice to me when he wants. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and Brody was a nice guy in yeah. chat as well. Um, We're easily swayed here at AFTN <laughs> Yeah
1: No I thought she did have a really great season For like a 16 year old for sure
2: Oh Jordan?
3: Yeah Oh yeah. yeah She's doing great She's not 16 now
1: no. Oh 17 Oh yeah she must be 18 now um, Yeah she must be 18
3: They grow up so fast
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh, Sinclair won actually the Lou Marsh Award in 2012 Yeah So a soccer player has won it in the past
3: yeah. Uh, she. W- I think Sinclair will win Canadian female football of the year next year when she breaks the record. If she breaks the record. When? When? Stop that. Stop that, Michael. Might never happen. She would might two keep away? giving
2: penalties away. Let's move on. Now, we already knew that it was going to be one less Canadian team for, for next season, with Ottawa Fury shutting up shop, pulling out of the USL. They now have a buyer, and they've sold their spot in the league to the Miami FC. Officially saying it's relocation. Yeah, Ottawa Fury averaged nearly five thousand fans over the past three seasons. They reached the USL Championship playoffs in twenty nineteen, before not receiving the sanction they needed this past November. To play in the usl next year and were forced to to suspend their their operations they explored relocation transfer options that was permitted to them by the usl they've now found it in miami the team is managed by former fury head coach and gm paul dalgleish he had been playing or they've miami seen. had been playing yeah. in the nasl up until the league folded in 2016 since then, they've been playing in the National Premier Soccer League, the NPSL, and the National Independent Soccer Association, the NISA. They've been champions the last two years. They're now going to be in the USL Championship the same year that Beckham's into Miami launches in MLS.
1: That's interesting, eh? Yeah, that's... That, and the that's, thing is, Miami FC does have a decent supporter, like back. Yeah, like a back. Like they, they have like. A, 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 a they've got, strong, got a good history yeah, base, and yeah. good strong ownership
2: yeah. and it's obviously an owner that's a bit pissed off probably that he was frozen out really of the is MLS the argument
1: is, is he the one that goes crazy or the Cosmos one That, that kind yeah, of the boats. Cosmos one does but yeah, I think he does boat, a little bit as yeah. well he was um, the one not who, not crazy, like, but he's very, yeah. very aggressive, very,
3: very vocal. Yes. Didn't he want to buy like a promotion relegation system, or pay, he paid? Pay I think it was it? him. He yes. was he was yeah. willing to
1: pay for it, or something yeah. like that, Uh like yeah. the, the rights to MLS or like a major, if they if they would do that, and they Ricardo were
2: Silver. It's interesting to to launch a team like that when you've got an MLS team launching the same year. I mean, you had like Austin Bold launch this year, and then you've got the other Austins launching later. So at least they've had a little bit of a head start. But this this seems a little bit weird. Yeah. And they're obviously confident they can make money. Otherwise, they wouldn't be, be paying Ottawa. But Ottawa went on to confirm that they're not going to rise like a phoenix into the CPL. This is the end of the fury. OSEG's Mark Gowdy told Ledroit.com that this is the end of their interest in soccer, saying... We don't have the desire to continue to do soccer, not anymore. In contrast, if anyone wants to bring professional soccer to Ottawa in the CPL, we have a field up for rent. Up to now, we haven't been approached regarding this and we haven't spoken with the CPL since the summer of 2018. What does this mean? For the this, future of CPL This means in that if
1: anybody wants to play in that field, they're going to be playing a lot of in rent.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think someone's it's going to high but, rental.
2: Whoever, deal. whatever Ottawa team goes in the CPL, they're
3: not playing out that no, stadium yeah. basically. Why? Why would you? Yeah. OSG. What's well, the nice stadium? I think this. I think their actions show that really what they wanted to do was to uh, not to get to. It was all financial stuff, right? So they didn't want to go in the CPL because they felt it was going to lessen their brand, right? They kept in that. There's this. I don't think it's this article. There's another article. It's a really long form article on OSG's uh, involvement in um, Ottawa sports.
2: Yeah, they're not bringing a rugby team or something.
3: to Yeah, Ottawa. I, I think so. But uh, but talked about how they basically said they they because uh, expansion fees in USL are ten million dollars. Uh, they felt that to go from that their club valued at 10 million to go to CPL they felt it would drop its value to one million, and so I don't think they got ten million dollars from the miami FC
2: I'd be very surprised if you can get a new franchise but for that, also, why would you then pay that but
3: they also said so when they're talking about oh like financially viable and all stuff they they said that they've lost i think it's the average is 2.5 million in their years of operating in the USL. There's, wow. there's, there's, so there's no way, I, 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 I think it was not the whole, I think that was each year. So, or the average out to that being each year. And that was the, maybe not from them themselves, maybe that was put by the author. But um, there's no way that the CPL owners each lost $2.5 million this year. Like it just doesn't, like all this stuff doesn't make sense. It's like they just wanted it only one way and everyone else said you can't do it that way. And they said, okay, we're, we're out. It, it, to me, it doesn't make them look good. Basically, in this whole, uh, this whole unfortunate discussion around football in the nation's capital.
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting the way forward now. But at least Ottawa can now approach this with a fresh start. It's like Fury's out of the equation. Get a new team, new owners in the city.
3: There needs to be a new direction for football in Ottawa.
2: There definitely does, and you need to have a team in the in the country's capital. And especially with Quebec teams coming in as well, you've got the local derby aspect. So hopefully it is sooner rather than later. Yeah. Some more CPL news. And this is one of the stories that came out, I think about two weeks ago, and we didn't have a time to talk about it, but it fascinates me. I really like this. FC Edmonton announced that they're part of a a new kind of ticket deal. The Ultimate Sports Fan Pass. It's a, a special Christmas package offering tickets to four of Edmonton sports teams and four different sports. So you've got the Eddies and CPL action, the Eskimos and the CFL, Edmonton Prospects of the Canadian Baseball League, and the Edmonton Stingers of the new Canadian Elite Basketball League. And it's the the latter of those that's kind of spearheaded the idea. So the pass cost $79 plus tax, all in. If that makes sense. Yeah. Fantastic deal. Great to see the sports teams working together, coming together. No, no Oilers, but I mean their well, tickets are more expensive. Double anyway. The, and, double yeah. the price of that. Package and mo- most and you get of the, the time, most of the time, like, o- Oilers sell well. Although they didn't sell out when the Leafs came to visit, as the Canucks didn't yeah. either. So maybe this, maybe the market well, value no, for some sports is kind of because the, a bit.
1: I don't know about the Oilers, but the Canucks actually made this a premium game where the prices were way higher than what yeah. normal prices are, and that's why you don't get people buying. I
2: mean, at some point. I mean, NFL's a, a good example of this. Some of the prices, because I've gone to see the 49ers play quite a few times over the years down in San Francisco. I used to go to Seattle a lot every time that they played there. And the prices for single game tickets the last couple of years oh, in Seattle off, yeah. has been absolutely insane for but, the nosebleed the thing, seats. And the
1: thing is, it doesn't make sense too, because a lot of people rather watch the game at home now because it's... You often see TVs, a lot more. Like, uh, like the... like. The 4K TVs are so much better. Like you get such clarity on yeah. that thing. Can can
2: you, can, I have two in my house.
3: Can't you just? Can <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, Marty 4K McFly. 4K TVs. Um, can't, yeah. can, um, can't you just uh, do some blogging and get a media pass for the NFL? Huh. Definitely not. <laughs> they're, they're they're a bit more choosy with who they hand no. out their their media passes to. But
2: um, yes, yeah, some You must have s- hugged
3: too many of their players. Problem
2: Well, I'm popular down Seattle now. Maybe I'll we'll get one for the Seahawks. <laughs> then I'll put my 49ers hat on. I did bring my 49ers hat with me down to the MLS Cup. Didn't wear it for fear of getting beat up, but yeah, anyway. But, going back to this pass, fans have until December 23rd next year to use all their tickets. I think it's fantastic. I mean, what, what's your general thoughts on it? Like, clubs in a city working together like that to try and Broaden the sports fans' view yeah, of sports.
1: It's, it's, a, it's a great uh, benefit for fans because if they, especially if somebody that loves all the sports and everything, they want to spread their time around all of them, it, it, I think it would work perfectly. Um, I don't know if it would work in Vancouver um, because like there are a couple, like like if you were going to the baseball team, the Canadians. They don't need it. They don't need it at all. No. They don't need any help. They sell out all their games, it seems like. The
3: ice hockey doesn't need it oh yeah well, well the have, giants yeah the, i mean you've, you you've, the you've got giants, you right. you've that.
2: got the white caps you've got the giants the lions yeah and if you want to have four and if the canadians weren't interested yeah. you've got the lacrosse but warriors they're team. owned
1: by the canucks so i don't know if that would work either so i don't if know if it's
2: going to get bums on seats because i mean what they're hoping for of course is you go to a game you love it yeah and you go back and talking to the canadians yeah. i don't I, every summer I'm like, I need to get out to more Canadian games. Every Canadian's game I've gone to, I've loved. It's yeah. been yeah. great. It's, fun it's fun. great, great yeah. fun. But should have an AFT and out into
3: it? We should. Hey, we let's do that. Mixer,
2: <laughs> Yeah, we can... <laughs> they, they give press passes to everyone. We'll be fine for that. Um, <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, I, 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 when I first heard about this on the Loyal Company of the River Valley podcast for Edmonton, uh, FC Edmonton, they, they were talking about this when it first got announced. And yeah, it makes a lot of sense for all the reasons you just said. You, you need... You need gateways into your stadium and into your uh, to your your to su- supporter culture experience, and so this is a this is a great one for people, yeah. and it's reasonably priced, and that's like, a great price. It's twenty bucks a ticket, basically for all you know, the yeah. four different experiences, and um, hopefully for like as much as I don't like FCÖ, uh, hopefully for them this can help get more people to um, become a part of their club.
2: Do you not like them because of the whole snow thing? No, I think so. Oh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> the the guy driving the tractor that day who tried to rip our flag with the with the tractor—I was oh. a big fan of him, but he doesn't work for them. He works for the city of Edmonton. Um, no, I well, just
2: he can't read and he can't write, but that don't really matter <laughs> because he comes from Edmonton and he can drive a tractor.
3: Hoo ha! Um, uh, no, I—I I mean, I, I maybe I like them a little bit less now that Jay Ball's got, got gone. Um, but I, I also don't know, I mean, it's hard to, in this, in the similar ways with Greg Kerfoot, it's hard to be negative about, um, Tom Fath cause he's given so much, Yeah. but again, he's, he's not given in certain ways that you feel are holding back the progression of the club and, and show a lack of ambition, which is again, similar to Greg Kerfoot. Um, but that's, I think the prerogative of, fans and supporters to, to take those opinions. But, yeah, so, uh, anyways, I hope this helps them. I hope this yeah, grow, I grows them because works. you want them to grow because you want the league to grow. And-
2: I'm curious to see what other teams, other cities adopt this model because I, I, it's probably not unique. There's probably other no. cities all over that's done this. But I, it's the first time me really hearing it, I think, in Canada. But it's a great model. And, I mean, one thing that annoys me has been, especially on social media, you've got fans of one sport deriding Raging. fans of it, an yeah. and you get this a lot with the soccer and the CFL fans going back and forward and it's like look if you like a sport great enjoy if you it, don't like yeah. a sport fine you, no one's forcing you to watch it I love darts a lot of folk don't think darts is a sport fine don't watch it let yeah. me watch it and enjoy it likewise I don't like I'm trying to think of a sport that I wouldn't really sit down and watch basketball I'm not a huge fan of I've been to some games but you just watch the it. last two minutes and then you get yeah, it off yeah, that, yeah. that's usually for what i did but it's like folk love it i'm not gonna go and shit in it just because it's like some folk don't we're going don't explicit
3: like look out that's not explicit oh that's your one free one yeah
2: oh i was watching aew the wrestling oh, no. on wednesday and the, Sorry, the, we're done talking about wednesday you can't talk about this the, now. the fans were yeah, ch- chanting "Ah, so," yeah. and it was getting like Silenced out, but they weren't able but to, but folk silen- were hitting each other over the head with stuff, and blood was coming out of folks' heads, so that was fine. No, but, but the crowd chanting that gets no, cut. but the
1: thing is, they they, can't, they don't cut it all of it because they, they some of it gets on the air, yeah. But well, they, of they cut
2: it then while folk were doing promos, and you couldn't hear what the guy was yeah. saying. It was like, anyway, moving on back to soccer Pacific FC, uh, could be one of the teams that that would maybe want to go for a model like this with some of the other sports teams on, on the island. I mean, who knows? But they did announce this week the re-signing of six players. Defender Caden Chung. Yeah. Midfielders Matthew Baldissimo, Alessandro Hojapur, Noah Verhoeven, Zach Verhoeven, and forward Tern Campbell. Nice. No, just to let
1: you know, Verho- Noah's and Zach's names are pronounced differently. Yeah. Yeah. They're
2: not brothers. Yeah, I know they're not- And they're pronounced different. differently. Right? Yeah. That's Verhoeven. Verhoeven and Verhoeven. Yeah. I just say Verhoeven. It's easier. <laughs> they're all now contracted through to 2020.
3: What yeah. do we say, Michael Mickle?
2: Pacific are going with the hashtag trust the kids.
3: That's been like their thing for a long time. Yeah,
2: yeah. I like that. But they're also trusting the oldies because Marcel DeYong was confirmed for 2020, which again I think everyone expected that, but that was just made a, made official. And we also want to just say a fond farewell to Myra Lawrence that's left Pacific FC. Oh really?
3: Who are you gonna have to deal with now? Do you know? Uh,
2: Josh Rendell's the guy just now that's currently oh. uh taking stuff up. But Myra was a pleasure to deal with. She answered all our, our questions. Got everything that we needed from her in the last year. So sad to see her move on, but good luck to whatever she does next. Now, one Pacific player from this first season who isn't coming back, to Pacific at least, made history this week. Yeah, Former Whitecap and AFTN's 2017 Whitecaps Academy Player of the Year, Jose Hernandez, became the first player to move between teams in the CPL when he signed for Cavalry FC. On a free. Yeah. Good addition by Cavalry. I still think Hernandez has got what it takes to to break out, and I think well, he's, he's going to have a better supporting cast now. To again, help. he's
1: got to learn the other aspects of being a striker. Uh, that's yeah. the only thing that's holding yeah. him back. I think, I
3: think Tommy will bring that out. Yeah, that's the thing is, uh, I think Tommy has the opportunity to maybe because he's seen him play a bunch. Has the opportunity to get the best out of him. Yeah, uh, this will be this will be like most pl- players in the in the CPL. It'll be like one year, and then he'll. Don't know, kind of thing.
2: Now, Forge announced they've re-signed a core of 12 key players, including the likes of Borges and Henry and, and Becker, so that's no surprise. By contrast to Halifax, oh, yeah. released the 16 players. That uh,
3: no more Elton John in the league.
2: Oh. I can't think of an Elton John <laughs> pun. I was desperately trying to rack my brains there.
3: but Rocket Man, uh, he'll back s- he'll to still be standing
1: somewhere. Don't let the sun go down on me.
3: <laughs> Trust the kids.
2: Like, Hol- that's a staggering close. amount of of. Yeah. Pl- I mean, tiny Dancers. It's like it's like they were just here for a minute, flickering like a candle in the wind.
3: Oh, there you go. We should just can we just break into singing uh, "Tiny Dancer"? I
2: like it. Elton John songs.
3: Tiny dancer. Hold me
2: close, you tiny dancer.
3: That's not how it sounds. Are, Am I? Maybe
2: mean, I that may completely. Have you see, song. seen the movie? <laughs>
3: have you seen the movie Almost Famous? Yeah, that's what's. Yeah, yeah. On
1: the bus. On the bus. Yeah.
3: Do you, have you seen? Have you not seen it? No. You, oh. you should watch Almost Famous because
2: you're a big fan of that oh, kind of no, era. Oh no no no, that's like a '90s film or something. Isn't the it? Cameron Crowe. Uh, Cameron Crowe,
3: like it's, like it's like his life story, basically. Of, it, you, have to watch rolling, the, you have to watch the. director's cut. Report, What's or... The girl that's in it. Uh, Kate, Kate Hudson. The... Yes, I have seen but it. But have you seen like the full version?
2: Yeah, the, the director's cut. I don't know. I'll oh, get it. I'll get it, to have you have it next it. week. Yeah, I have it too.
3: It's so good.
2: Cool. Well, from talking about Almost Famous to. Players that are famous, at least for the white caps in the 2010s, because we'll be back talking about our white caps of the decade, the final part, after this. Hi, I'm Marcel de
0: Jong, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
4: That girl has got it in her
2: What is she gonna do now? Find out on the New Royal Family's YouTube channel. Spoiler, not suitable for work. Sixty times ensue. That was our Artist of the Month for December, the New Royal Family, with That Girl Has Got It. In well, her hands, right? In her hands, yeah. Somebody who
1: lost something out of their hands was Zach during the commercial break when you oh, dropped did he dropped all his. You uh, were in the other <laughs> room. <laughs> dropped all his Lego
2: on the ground. Oh, Big crash. you let go of your Lego. <laughs> Hashtag.
3: There was a hole in the bag,
2: which Steve pointed out to you before we started <laughs> oh, no. the show.
3: No, like, no, no, you so know, I, put a hole no, sorry. No, bag. no. I was trying to put it in the other the other bag. In oh, it,
2: there's a hole in, in your bag, bag dear Liza zaki, dear Zachy. Or dear Zaki,
1: you don't want a hole in your sack for sure. No.
2: <laughs> 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 Been there. <laughs> what in the sack race at school? Oh. My feet went through, fell oh. over, <sighs> chaos and Michael stuff. fell over. Mm. Anyway, welcome back to part four of tonight's AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio one hundred one point nine FM. Now it's time for the final part of. My favourite section that we've done in December. Yeah. White Caps of the Decade. Du, 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 du. Still haven't got that intro music. Nah. Right Damn
1: it. Maybe next decade. So yeah. this
3: week, are we going to put actually put out the team Or next no, week? No,
1: we got to do next week because we got to do the bench. We didn't do the bench. Oh.
3: Okay. Do we have time on the, well, we'll the four-hour Christmas it. show? On <laughs> I think we
1: might find we'll time. We'll finalise it on there.
2: Hey. Oh, we could do it as an extra because I also want to do our Duds of the Decade as yeah. well. So
3: oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: That could be a whole show and it's... On its own. There's a lot to pick from in that category.
3: Captain by Mustafa Ah, oh,
2: Well, he might get a few mentions in this because we're looking at the strikers right. of the decade and the attackers of the decade.
3: He get a mentions, uh, as He did get formed? a mention.
1: Hey, a joke mention.
2: Yeah. But he's still got some mentions. It's been... Continued good response to this. I'm really glad we we started out. I was going to do it next year, but since things were so quiet, I thought maybe as we'll just bring it forward to this month. And I'm, I'm glad we did because we're moving on to the strikers and the wingers.
1: Thanks, White Caps.
2: So many. Yeah. Thanks so much for helping our show. So many forwards have worn the blue and white and the brown and white and the grey this last year. What the charcoal? Silver. What was it officially called? Brown, our brown. Brown, brown, and, brown, yeah. and yeah. Unity Grey, steelworkers. <laughs> the, uni,
3: the most unified yeah. worst season ever
2: to have a Unity kit, twenty eighteen. The steelworkers thing, because it's silver.
3: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Anyway, some of the forwards we've had in the decade have been memorable. Morbital pointed out that uh, Martin Nash, midfielder, won the Golden Boot in twenty ten. Wasn't a great season 2010.
3: No, it was the audition year. Yes.
2: <laughs> and he auditioned well and then didn't get a contract. Mm. But anyway, let's be honest. Most We're... of the, the forwards that we've had in the MLS era for the Whitecaps, they've undelivered. They've not been what we've needed. Some have been absolutely forgettable. Although not here at AFTN. Jamais souviens and all that. I missed that banner, the original one.
3: It was fun making it The only it Tifo
2: you. I've ever painted.
3: Yeah, hmm. and you did so well. I did. I, I kept within the lines. I, heard I didn't got, cross the line. I got there late because I was coming from a board meeting. but uh, So I didn't get to... I don't even know if I got to paint at all, but I got to do a lot of blow-drying. Remember we were blow-drying it to make sure it, so we could leave it in Massimo's yep. basement?
2: Because Zach is full of hot air. Whitecaps mm. have told me that on several occasions. <laughs> so in this section... We're going to pick up to three attackers because one of them will be on the bench if we're going four four two or if we're going four three three. All three will play. Yes. So don't worry about positions, whether they're number nines, whether they're wingers. Just pick three quality. And I've kind of I've changed my mind on this a little bit while I was putting this little rundown together. Mm. So it was no surprise to see the two that got the most votes ran away with it. Yeah. Were Camilo. And
3: And there was that was original. lo
1: Tommy felt bad Lolo. it was going to hit. It was going to really hit its stride in that fourth year. He was going to be in 2014.
3: Oh, we had we had plans because in his last year he was going into the season. He was on 39 goals, and it was the 40th anniversary year, and we were just like we had something right. Yeah. And then look what happened. Now, those two
2: players, they didn't get every vote, but they got over 90% of the votes cast. Were they no-brainers? Well, let's dig into them. First of all, Camilo. Three seasons in MLS with the caps from 2011 to 2013. The latter of his seasons here saw him win the Golden Boot, 22 goals. Mm -hmm. When 22 goals won the Golden Boot. Oh, how the league has improved. Overall, he made 92 appearances. He scored 39 goals, 16 assists... That was a goal every 2.36 games or worked out a goal for every 170 minutes that he played. Now, the way he left maybe tarnished his reputation here, made folk feel a little bit different about him.
1: I, it was split. There's some people didn't like the way he left, some people didn't like the way the team dealt with it, the way he left. Yeah,
3: yeah You, I, I think it's okay for people who don't like the way he left and felt he should have handled it differently. It's, which has happened with other players as well. But you cannot, it's it's inexcusable the way that the Whitecaps organization dealt with him, and they are the ones who ultimately are to blame for his leaving.
2: We'll read some tweets of comments folk have said about these players, but our good friend Rituro oh. over on the island, Rituro even, <laughs> over on the island, he said he just couldn't Wait, bring himself to, to vote for him, so yeah, he that's didn't fair. vote for him. That's but, fine. But he's a no-brainer. He has to be yeah, in. I, I don't, he's I the didn't best like, striker, I think, we've had in uh, the 10 years. I
1: personally didn't like the way he left, and I don't think he should have left the, as the way the rules yeah. were written, but he did leave, and but he still had a fantastic three years. I, he's, My first memory of the Whitecaps was because I missed the home opener in, in MLS. Um, I was there for the second game when he made that big goal against uh, uh, when... What's it, Jimmy Nielsen? Oh, Sporting KC. Yeah, yeah, he lost his nut. Yeah, yeah. so that was, uh, I remember that one.
2: I remember being the 3 3 Come yeah. back. Yeah. Come back, yeah. 2011 preseason down at Starfire when we had oh, the, the yeah. tournament, and Camilo had recently the joined us. Cascadia the team. Summit. So I'm standing there behind the bench where they're all coming off, and I started a Camilo song that didn't catch on. I was going, na 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 na. Camilo San Vezo, San Vezo, Camilo San Vezo, na-na. And he just looked like, and kind of smiled.
3: <laughs> was anyone else singing with you? No. Ah, okay.
2: The problem is, I think, the
1: last name, a lot of people couldn't grasp that problem. Mm.
2: But he was he was quality. I didn't like the way he left either. It could have been handled so much better. Would you welcome him back? A, his name pops up all the time of, oh, he could come back, he could come back. Would you welcome him back?
3: I am I pers- personally would, but he's not gonna come back. Uh I would too. My, oh, yeah, my, would. my sure. other con- my other concern would be his you know his, his, his physical condition of his, uh, his knees mm-hmm. and his body and whatever. Yeah, I don't think he would ever come back. If, if no.
2: when Robo was here, he may yeah, he, you know, he Rob and him had kept a really good relationship oh, yeah. and they said they speak regularly and stuff, but yes, yeah. so, I mean he's definitely in our team. He was in the the f- fans choice as well. Fonzie is the next one we're gonna look at. Naturally. Now Two and a half seasons in MLS, sixty-six appearances, eight goals, twelve assists. That's only a goal every eight point two five games, for a or for every four point or for for every four hundred and seventy-five minutes that he played, he got an assist every five point five games. Does he deserve? to be in
1: yeah for a 16 17 year old winger yes
2: i think it'd be for the 16 17 million that he brought oh that too
1: (laughs) that too he he deserves a spot for that as well but
3: Uh, i think that again this i know you want us to look at mostly on field Mm. but this is the most significant player to maybe ever play in vancouver
1: and dynamic too. It was. It was ex- yeah. even when he didn't score goals. Ball. He was, yeah, the, it was, the fans were like, yeah. "Oh, you yeah. expected
3: something." To happen. The game against Minnesota, man.
1: And, I, I, and for I've the gone most part, it wasn't forth on him. If, for the most part, it was like Maddox, where he got the ball, he was like, "Oh,"
2: and then it was, uh oh.
1: like that wasn't there wasn't <laughs> like two levels of that. It was like mostly like, you know, do
2: you know no one nominated Darn Maddox for
1: I, I, so, attacker he, of the decade? He did have some moments. I still remember yep. the TFC goal where he was oh, like he was head, on top yeah. of somebody's shoulders or something. Well, I mean, like he that. carried the team, yeah. so
2: I mean, he's usually <laughs> everyone else was on his <laughs> his shoulders. But,
3: You're but referencing he, the interview in Jamaica, yeah. yeah?
2: He went off his own accord in the end. <laughs> N- Jamaica. Yeah. Call back Because we're calling back to our 2013 (laughs) jokes now (laughs) Now Fonzie right away I thought No brainer he's in the team Then I started putting the stats together Of all the other players And I was like Do you know I don't know that he actually deserves To be in the team But I think I've come round again And I think yeah Camilo and Fonzie have to be Two of these three players on the team But if I'm going to drop one of the players To the bench Fonzie would be my player that would have the bench roll from the three strikes. Or you put
3: him that right. Ruchat, centre-back, and put him at left-back.
2: Now, interestingly, both those players were sold on to, to bigger and better things, albeit in very different circumstances. <laughs> and that, of course, is what the club has said they want, and it's what Axel Schuster has reiterated recently, and who knows, we might have this with players down the line, but both those players in our, our point caps of the decade, are we all in agreement of that. I, I yeah. put those two yeah. in there, and the fans as well. Now, the other attacking spot available. This is where I've gone. I've gone through all of these guys at, at some point because we had five main nominations and a few fun ones like Espindola and Jarju. Espindola, the best striker the Whitecaps kind of had. Never forget. Oh, now. We had some good discussions, and we'll read some of the tweets from, from the five main nominations. So I'm going to go through the five, then I'll read some tweets, and then we'll kind of talk about it. So the five nominees were Eric Hasley. Hasley spent three seasons in MLS with three different clubs. One and a half of those seasons was with the Whitecaps. He made 44 MLS appearances and some Canadian Championship appearances. He scored 12 goals in MLS. He got five assists. He received three red cards in his first year. Including that infamous double jersey celebration, which is still one of my highlights of the decade. Yeah. His MLS career started with a bang and kinda I say it went downhill pretty fast after that first season. He got a goal every three point six seven games for the White Caps, or every two hundred and thirty minutes played. He had ten and twenty six in that first season on what has to be remembered was a poor team. He will always be remembered of course for that wonder yeah. goal in Seattle Seattle, and he had that cracker in the Voyagers Cup against TFC as well mm-hmm. I think the 90th minute so that was his input he left well actually whilst he was still here Kenny Miller I think joined Kenny Miller spent one full and two half seasons with the Whitecaps between 2012 and 2014 he scored 13 goals in 44 MLS appearances got three assists so one more goal than Hasley he had a goal every 3.38 games to Hasley's 3.67, which was a goal every 223 sorry 233 minutes to Hasley's 230. So they're pretty even, those two, if you look at that. He had a vision on the pitch that I still argue was not matched by those around him, mm-hmm. which kind of, I feel, impacted his performance as a goal scorer and as a, a, a provider. And I think with a better supporting cast, he could have been so much better here. Yeah, he showed it on the training yeah. pitch too, where he yeah. was uh, frustration on the training
1: pitch was all. And very he's shown
2: ahead. it before he came here. He's shown it since he came here as well with, with clubs, and he's still playing in, in in Scotland and Partick Thistle. But when he went back to Rangers, he was still scoring goals after the White Cap. So yeah. he was the second nomination. Kai Kamara got quite a few votes as well. He spent thirteen seasons in MLS in total up to now, but just one here in Vancouver. But what a season. Heart the guy.
3: Heart-shaped hands.
2: 14 goals, his second best ever season in MLS, six assists, 28 appearances, worked out a goal every two games or for every 155 minutes that he played. Kristen Teixeira, he spent four seasons in MLS with the Caps, 106 appearances, 24 goals, 16 assists, a goal every 4.4 matches or 286 minutes played. So not as good as Hasley and Miller. In He's that regard. But he was a winger. He yeah. was a winger yeah. and he had a, a bigger expansive thing to pick from as well. He was inconsistent, but it's hard to argue with his output when he did perform, I feel.
3: Yeah.
2: The twenty seventeen Freddie Montero also got votes. Well, wait, wait, wait. How do you exclude? I know this this is this is the this is the issue with, with Freddie because everyone that voted for Freddie cited him in twenty seventeen. But for me, you have to take 2019 into account as well. But if you do do that, he's got 22 goals and 68 appearances for the Caps, nine assists. That's a goal every 3.09 games, 220 minutes for actual minutes played, which isn't too bad. But if you look at the two seasons, you think 2017, great. 2019, you just feel it wasn't a great season for him. So you're weighing that up. That 2017 season was his best performing season in in the league. So those were the five nominees. So before we get to our thoughts on them, I'm just going to rattle through what the listeners had to say. If any of you guys want to read some of these as well, feel free. Jake Nemec said, Camilo, the best goal scorer the Whitecaps ever had. Kenny Miller, he says, because top positionally aware striker that the Caps have had. He loved watching him off the ball. And he's sure Davis will get a ton of votes, but and he understands why but he feels he didn't produce all that much as a striker in a Caps uniform
3: because he was a winger you, you do the next one Steve
1: oh uh, Fully roused said I totally agree with about your Kenny Miller take it's too bad they didn't keep him longer well that was more like the wife's issue yeah than the, 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 the white caps.
3: <laughs> Lorenzo Benetti a fine young man he said, uh, third must be Hasley. Score two of the top three nicest goals of the decade. He's my brightest memory of the Caps' first few seasons in the league. In
2: 2011, there wasn't a lot of happy memories on the pitch. A lot of good ones off it, but that Hasley strike in Seattle, it's like goal of the decade. Might be the goal of the, the White Caps for decades to come. I'd love us to have a better goal than that, because that'll be fantastic. Ubik Wintermute says, for me, the quality and passion he's brought to the crest at a time when the club was in dire straits for something positive makes Eric Hasley the best we have had. We could use someone with his attributes again. Maybe Curva can bring that passion. Oh, sorry. Maybe Cava can bring that passion back to the Caps.
1: Uh, Chris Gorgan says uh, Eric Hasley had something that made him irresistible to watch. He's, he'll be a club legend for decades, despite having an average season here. I don't remember him ever scoring a boring goal. Kamara was the closest to him.
3: El Canico. For pure production, Camilo Teixeira Davies. For best goals, Hasley and Waston. Yes, a defender has been one of the club's best attackers in the MLS Mm. era. That's both remarkable and sad.
2: Of course he has played striker before. Stewie Benjamin says Camilo, Davis Teixeira are his three. I also really liked Fernandez during his brief spell. Mane, when he had his hot streaks, was also fun to watch.
1: Uh, CeeDee Pryor said, uh, Hurtado simply because of how much time he spent on his hair.
3: Friend of the show Ryan McLeod said, Shea scored against Tigris. Blass had a, a sick bicycle kick goal against Chicago, I believe. And Arde has had a sick tat. I rest my case.
2: I think some of those could feature in our duds of the decade. But, I mean, some good discussions there. And if you look at the five nominees, I think from when we initially went through them, we're going to probably rule Freddie out. Yeah. Yep.
3: Did Shea score against Tigres? He missed against Tigers away. Did he score he here? Sco-
2: he scored the first goal here and then got injured.
3: Too. Oh, right. And Davies has got the second. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, if we're <sighs> down to four for this final spot, we've got Hasley, Miller, Teixeira, and Kamara. And I have gone back and forth on them. I won't say who I've gone for yet, because I'm curious. I don't want to sway you in any way at all. So what, what's your thoughts on it?
3: Here's something I just want to bring to to bring to people's attention or to help you recollect. There was a lot of uh, interesting dynamics happening in the 2011 season. So you had Tater, who got, got sacked, and Tommy Soane took over the team. And then they hired Martin Rennie, like, they announced him, was it August, Michael? Something like, it was early, like, it was like...
2: Yeah, they had to announce it August because <clears throat> the rumors were Montreal were after him yeah. for the head coach.
3: So, he, here's here's what was going So, if you remember, down the stretch that year, Eric Hasley, they didn't start him. So Camilo played ahead of him and scored a bunch of penalties that would have been Hassley's. So Camilo, there was at least two penalties he got that would have been Hasley's, and it was all about playing time and what they were doing. Uh, Camilo ended up with 12 goals. Eric ended up with, with 10. Had Eric been playing, it more likely could have, would have been the other way. But what also was going on behind the scenes was, and I've, multiple people have told me this, is that is the committee, the owners, the executives of the Whitecaps told Martin Rennie... Davide and Eric they're gone. You bring in who you want to replace them. They're they're gone. So I think that's why he was not playing as much at the end, at the end of that year. So he kind of got a little bit of the short end of the stick. And then when, and then also he didn't like most like a lot of the Europeans, he didn't know MLS rules. Yeah. So so at the end of the first year, he's like, "I love being in Vancouver. I want to be here longer." He went to him and said, "Hey, I understand. There's this thing where a no trade clause for DPS. He's like, I want that put into my contract." And they're like, "No," because they already knew that. Yeah, they already knew they were going to get rid of him. Um,
2: it mean, is that other half, the, like the first half of the next season, that for me just tarnishes him a bit. I mean. You, you think of the fun that he brought us in 2011, especially that goal, but some of the other stuff as well, and his like larger-than-life personality. But he was just so poor. But I think in I, 2012, and you, I understand why. But yeah,
3: I, I think the results were not ideal. He was not M- Martin Rennie was not playing him because he was never in his plans. Yeah, and so I think that Eric, like a lot of footballers and footballers of various positions, you see this. His morale, his confidence was extremely low. And so, yeah, he only got like a couple goals that year or whatever.
2: Your thoughts on on Hasley, Steve?
1: Um, oh well, if if I my third is striker, Are you, did you pick Hasley then?
3: Uh I want to. I, I mean, you should tell me, ask you me got, to leave sentiment out of it. Yeah. But I kind of want to pick him. Then it, pick him. Just like, let me know if you're yeah, picking him. I would. Pick
2: him. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you who my pick is now. Okay. I, I'm I'm going with Teixeira. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's but the I've, one I would not pick. I've gone that. through all four of them. Even Kamara, I've gone through as, as possibilities because Kamara had a fantastic season, but because it was one, one year, season, yeah. I feel I'm ruling him out.
1: Yeah, I was. I was going to take Kenny Miller.
2: Oh, so we're like oh. three-way tie.
1: But my second choice was Hasley. Uh, I didn't have to share a, as one of my. My three. second
2: choice was Miller. And would, your first be... choice was Hasley, right?
3: My second choice would be Miller.
2: Okay, let's try and do some points then. So.
3: First for you've Hasley. given
2: so three points for a first so you've got three for Hasley I've got one for Hasley that's four and you've got two for Hasley so that's six yeah. six I've got three for Teixeira Teixeira, take him out of it
3: because yeah,
1: both both of us have him in third place okay he's not so
2: that's five no I don't yeah. have him in
3: he's in fourth for oh, me.
2: okay okay yeah. all right so he so Teixeira's definitely gone. Kamara's definitely gone. Yeah. So it's between Miller. I've got Miller as third, so that'd be one point.
1: And I have him as first, so that's, so that's three. Three, Four. and you had him
2: second, I mean, that's so that's six. six, which is the same as Hasley.
3: This is great oh, podcasting here. Let's,
2: fantastic. Let's watch these numpties
3: do math. Listen to these what's numpties the, do math.
2: What, what, what did the fans add? Um, well, that was tight as well, because the Oh, they voted to share. They they had Kenny Miller edging oh. out Hasley and Kamara. They had to share a fourth. Okay. And Kenny Miller edged it. So I guess if we're tied between Miller and Hasley...
1: We we could go Hasley. I and, don't want uh, to. Just because of, Just be different. Yeah, just be different. But uh, oh, we could he's going to flip a coin. <laughs> what I'm is wrestling. this?
3: What is this, the Gold Cup 2000? So he,
2: heads uh, Hasley and, Yeah, because it's H. Yeah. And tails Miller. Because he's an he, ass. He tucked his tail between <laughs> his legs <laughs> and left. went back to Scotland.
3: Let me see. It's
2: Tails, oh. it's Kenny, Kenny Miller. Miller. Kenny when I go back to Scotland in January, I'll head along to Glasgow and I'll present him. I'll say, You're one of the white caps of the decade.
1: Did you? Are you going to mention about him putting his tail between his <laughs> neck? I won't
2: mention that you call him an ass either. Oh, cool. <laughs> I won't see him ever. I'll ask him how his wife is. Laura. Hmm. Lovely lady. Yeah. I showed an elevator with her once. She's like, You're Scottish. I went, I know. <laughs> so are you. Anyway, that was a lot of fun. Um, We're going to do a kind of write-up section, maybe get a few more votes as well, because obviously just throwing it out on Twitter is not a great sample size. So we'll get some replies to the article that goes up as well, and maybe put it on Facebook and stuff like that as well. So thank you for everyone that did take part. There's too many of you to thank, because we got a lot of votes in. And yeah, that was great fun. Who knows if we'll be doing this in 10 years' time, and we'll be looking at the white caps of the 2020s my Zimmer frame will be in the studio going, yeah, I can't believe Cavalini spent 10 years here and scored 1,000 goals. I don't think that's
3: going to age well. <laughs> mm.
2: Maybe not. Anyway, we'll be back with the final part of tonight's show after this.
4: Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
5: more. Live in the same building on the same floor And never met before until I'm overseas on tour And peep this Ethiopian queen from Philly taking classes abroad She studying film and photo flash focus record Said she working on a flick and come my click through the score She said she loved my show in Paris at Alicia Montmart And that I stepped off the stage and took a piece of her heart We
2: knew from the start that things fall apart Intense to shatter she like That shit don't matter when I get home Get out of through letter phone Whatever, let's link,
5: let's get together
2: Welcome back to the final part of tonight's AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia Who was that Steve? That was The Roots
1: with Erica Badu You got me
2: are they your Artists of the Month? You play them a
1: lot. <laughs> I was just saying to him in the break whether oh. you would notice if I was doing the same artist for this month.
3: I had. He, he said to me, he's like, you think he noticed that I'm doing my own Artists of the Month? <laughs> that's good. You can, you can do that. Yeah, I will. You, you, you and me can have our Artists of the Month. Steve. Okay. I want an artist of the Month.
2: <laughs> You'll like our Artists of the Month for January because they're German. No. Why, why don't you do Lego of the Month? Yeah. No. <laughs> You can show a Lego man to the microphone. It'll work. Oh, Most God. of what we do in the show doesn't work anyway, so you may as well show
3: we, Lego men. We,
1: we, maybe me and you can collaborate on Artist of the Month. We'll figure something
3: out. Oh, on my own?
2: Have, have month about, then.
3: What? Have month about? Mm-hmm. you, you say alternate month? Alternate backwards? <laughs>
2: what was so difficult to understand there?
3: I've never heard have month about as a...
2: But it's a new phrase.
3: Okay.
2: Anyway, something that does work in the show is wavelength. <laughs> It works in Michael's mind It works in my mind for three years And I've just discovered a a new source Of a whole load of new songs So this is keeping going It's not going anywhere found
3: another sack of CDs? Yeah Found some
2: artists I didn't know Had done football songs
3: Mm.
1: There there wasn't a hole in the sack No We didn't see them
2: before Imagine if Santa had a hole in his sack How many disappointed children there would be (laughs) Tell you what doesn't disappoint children (laughs) Oranges at (laughs) halftime Which brings us nicely to this Michael, this month, or this week's Wavelength song, which is by Halftime Oranges, yet again on the show. We've featured them several times before. This is a song called Zigzag to the Onion Bag. Half-time oranges there with zigzag to the onion bag. I love a good zigzag goal. For me, one of the best will always be Archie Gemmels in the mm. 1978 World Cup for Scotland against Holland, as featured in the iconic train spotting sex scene. Great goal. Great movie.
3: It's in a sex scene? Yeah.
2: Oh. What brings you to climax more than Archie Gemmels scoring in the 1978 World Cup? Let's talk about that for a few <laughs> Maybe that could be a new section we do with the Whitecaps players next year.
3: A new section. Hmm. Section, <laughs> even.
2: But yeah, the onion bag, it's one of those phrases, I, I use that and postage stamp corner a lot when I'm writing match reports. And I don't really know if those are phrases that folk even know here or refer to. No,
3: yeah, no, those are... Yeah. The, the, like a nice Belgian onion bag? Yeah, the problem is there's that I I do I can't remember which part of the UK or the British Isles he's from. Uh he what was the channel was he on? ESPN or something? He used to say it every Derek goal. Lee? No, no, yeah. no. Older. He used to say it every goal on Champions League back in the day when it was, you know, on TV. Um he was annoying. Like he got annoying fast. So that's, I always associate with that dude. and Onion I bag. Yeah. Mm. But there's a bulge in the old onion bag. I can't do his accent. But yeah, it was, I associate with that and I found him very annoying. So, hmm. Like, not, f- not Ray Hudson annoying, but still annoying. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, Ray Hudson just stole his shtick from a, a darts commentator, Sid Waddell. Yeah.
3: But and it's a, it's really lame, his shtick. Yeah.
2: Anyway, something that isn't lame is PC's Soccer Web headline. <laughs> BC Soccer Web Headlines at 1am in the morning is brought to you in partnership with the smooth, soul jazzy sounds of bcsoccerweb.com. Your one stop site for local, national, and international news, stories, links, features, everything you could bulge an onion bag at. Yeah. Make it part of your daily routine, bcsoccerweb.com.
1: Uh, so, a quick uh, story. Alan Koch, as you know, has been named uh, coach, uh, new manager of the Switchbacks. Coach and, coach, And they are breaking ground on a new 8,000-seat downtown stadium. And it um, looks
2: nice from the plans I've seen.
1: Yeah, a multi-use facility that can accommodate a variety variety of sporting and entertainment events. Uh, they're already going to be hosting the the conference uh, uh, playoffs for the NCAA, women's, Men's and Women's, next year. So, they're already getting, or whenever they're open, I can't remember when they open. Uh, so they're already getting stuff there so it's it's good it's good news for Alan Koch there that he's getting a new stadium
3: it looks like big enough that Colorado Rapids could play there too yeah well
1: it's 8,000 seats they so they' probably oh, yeah, get, they're, they got all the people yeah, they don't have to despair. worry about those that infestation of those uh, what was oh the dick plague, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dick plague.
2: <laughs> that will be featuring in our end of year review um, I bought the cream
1: next story here uh, FIFA is preparing to sue Sepp Blatter and Michel Platini. Uh, to get their 1.5 million uh, pounds back uh, that were that they were basically suspended for, uh, initially eight years, and then it got reduced to six or four. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, the Governance Committee has passed a resolution last month that because the money has not been repaid, FIFA should initiate legal proceedings. Platini had to claim that the 2011 payment was part of an co- oral agreement uh, as part of a contract that ended in 2002, while the Ethics Committee and subsequent uh appeal courts have uh, found it to be an illegal gift and that which is why they were suspended
2: i mean i don't like an oral agreement just you don't have any leg to stand on with that
1: no but safer
2: yeah um it's like knee trembler sometimes uh spanish match fixing case falls
1: apart as judge clears convict as judge clears 41 players in and in officials of their of the charges, the max fi- match fixing relating to a relegation match between Levante and Real Zaragoza in the final round of the 2010-11 season, uh, the claim was that Zaragoza had been accused of paying Levante players €965,000 Euros to lose so Zaragoza could avoid relegation. The judge who issued the verdict... Uh, said that there was not enough evidence to convict the players on others on trial. The accused were all facing two years in prison and a six-year ban from football. And so that hasn't... Uh, I don't know about the ban on football, because that, that could yeah.
3: still happen. They've been cleared of everything?
1: They've been basically... Yeah, they've been found not guilty or they've been cleared of... They're, they're not going to be convicted at this point because there was enough evidence.
2: It, it's one of those things, like, if this had gone ahead, this, this was, like, earth... Shattering for for football, it's like could it could have opened a whole can of worms, and it. it There's could be... one
1: current player. I, the rest of the list I saw. The most of them were former players. Uh, one current player was Andre Herrera, who is on PSG right now. Oh, um, he was he was one of the players involved. So other than that, I'm not sure. Is that the, he former Man United? My former Man United went yeah. to PSG last year. Uh, Real Madrid, uh, now this one might have, this one has some legs apparently. Uh, Real Madrid football p- uh, player Kareem Benzema may finish criminal trial over blackmail allegations. In 2015 of June, Valbuena, uh, 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 what's his name? Mathieu. Mathieu who now plays for a Greek team, uh, Limpiakos filed a complaint claiming that he was a victim of attempted blackmail after receiving a call informing him of the existence of a sex tape in which he appeared. Now investigators suspect the 31-year-old Benzema of acting as an intermediary between the presumed blackmailers, including one of his childhood friends and Valbuena. The court found that the investigative methods used in the case in which Benzema is alleged to have colluded in blackmailing Valbuena were within the law. He was claiming that the, uh, the well, his legal team claimed that the police were used used dishonest methods by posing as a friend uh, available and out to in order and a telephone conversation with one of the accused. So they're saying it's a, the whole thing about um, Man City saying, "Oh, this was illegally, uh, you know, this yeah. Illegally obtained." So yeah, we did be. it, but it's like it's illegally yeah. yeah. obtained. But, but it should be saying so, I've never seen a sex tape scandal before. Oh, no,
3: so okay, so. Someone calls you to blackmail you, saying that they have you on a sex tape. Mm-hmm. Like, do you not know I'm on such such kind of tape or not? Like, well, you
2: don't know that I've got one.
1: But he was being you. blackmailed, so he's, he filed the complaint that he was being blackmailed.
3: No, but blackmailed. that's what, but that's what I'm saying. If someone calls you, and says that we have a sex tape of you, or not? Like, well, no, that's but, not possible.
2: Well, someone could like put a hidden camera in a hotel room, for example. I, mean, I just like. Speculating that that's something that someone could do yeah maybe someone... the maybe
1: maybe the little guy was drunk or uh, and and he didn't realize the camera
2: hmm. hope it's not a little guy on it right? okay but, but like, sex he, tape's my train he never indeed. he never
1: claimed that he wasn't he was or wasn't that's on shame. the sex tape he was claimed no, that yeah. he was being blackmailed
2: he was yeah. being harassed and that's, and that's against called. the law it's not illegal to make a sex tape no thankfully anyway on that bombshell that is it for tonight's show Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. Uh, You can find
1: me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. And what I've learned today is that I might change my last name to, uh, change a couple letters in my last name in order to make my last name Panzer with the addition of (laughs)
2: Lucas Cavalini. (laughs) Oh, that would be fantastic. Steve Panzer. (laughs) Oh, you'll go down well with Axel.
3: (laughs) Hashtag not a tank, though. Um, uh, Panzer was a tank. No, no, the the thing outside Oh, yeah. Um, uh, For me, you can find me on Twitter, at Zachary. Um, uh, the thing I learned from the show today uh, was, now I forgot what I was going to say. I had something all not as good as Steve, but I had something. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> you you've thrown throw me for a loop. Okay, I'll come back. It'll come back.
2: Uh, I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada, on Instagram at AFT in Soccer. Give us a like, subscribe, and all this stuff that the young kids tell you to do on YouTube at AFT in Canada. And I learned that uh, Zach doesn't check hotel rooms for hidden cameras when he checks them. <laughs> <him. laughs>
3: well, I only go to hotel rooms like. Well, yeah, I don't know. Confer- conferences and with my family.
2: Hmm.
3: Yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> what, did, oh, what did I learn this week, though? I though? don't know.
2: <laughs> Tweet it out later. He <laughs> wants to replay the show to you so yeah. you can listen
3: to it and see what you learned. Oh, um oh no. Yes, I remember now. Okay. Oh. I learned that um Michael McCall really appreciated Christian Teter's time as a white cap. I did? I, I didn't think you liked him.
2: I, I was frustrated by his inconsistency. Right. But I the admired... was there. Yeah, I admired his output. And that is it for tonight's show. We'll be back next Sunday, 9pm. Our 2019 Christmas special. There'll be fun. There'll be games. There'll be Christmas songs.
3: We can't get in at 8? No. For sure? For sure. Okay.
2: We'll be unwrapping presents. Oh! Who's going to have a bulging onion bag? Find out next Sunday. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And on the tank.